You are listening to the Uncovered Canvas Podcast, and we'll be right with you. how little things end up becoming so much more than what they originally are. Yes. Um, I was talking with some friends yesterday in uh, another uh, VC chat, and there's this cra- there's this character uh, named Greya. So she's like a dragon girl princess type deal. Right. Uh, and a lot of my friends, and my, myself included, we really like this character. She is from such humble beginnings. You know, originally she's from this gotcha game, Rage of Bahamut. And mm-hmm. Rage of Bahamut had a, like, side event, you know, because it's a gacha game. Right. So in one of the events, I believe they visit some uh, academy or whatever. I don't remember the full context of it. I I jumped on after because my first experience was with uh, – it has two translations for the name, which I don't know why. So there's Marina Friends and Mysteria Friends. I watched it as Marina Friends. I think the Blu-rays call it Mysteria Friends on Right Stuff, or it might be reversed. I, it's The name is a little whatever. So it goes from an event to uh, the side games making their own anime studio and to practice and, you know, make sure they know how to produce a full show. They end up making Mysteria Friends slash Marina Friends. So a nothing side event ends up getting its own anime and it's mm-hmm. just Greya, her friend on and them doing whatever uh it's it, it's it's even less than cute girls doing cute things because it, it's just random stuff like oh one episode Greya shedding so she's sick and on is going on this like crazy adventure to find i don't even remember what the magic mcguffin was i don't even think she finds it she just ends up going back and seeing that Greya's is just shedding and uh, Greya gets embarrassed because I think my tail's bigger now. And Ans teasing her is like, I don't think that's the only thing that got bigger. You know, nudge, nudge, looking at her chest. Right. So you go from uh, this nothing event to this anime series that they, it's just supposed to be a test. I remember reading that they only made it so they can adapt their own stuff. And then that actually caught on. So now Greya. And on are characters that show up in other side games. They showed up in Grand Blue Fantasy. They showed up in Shadowverse of all things. Like I only got into Shadowverse. A, uh, it's basically Hearthstone. If you've ever played that, it, it's very Hearthstone and Magic: The Gathering esque. So the main system is Hearthstone, but they threw in some Magic: The Gathering stuff in there as well. So I only got into that game because Greya is one of the decks you can play. So, obviously, I'm not going to say no to this adorable dragon girl. And I just remembered, oh, wait, this is a gotcha game still. I couldn't pull her, so I gave up. She's a character in this game that is unfortunately now closed, uh, Princess Connect Redive. And, Ooh. you know, oh, rip English closed, server. Too? Yeah, that's closed. So, mm-hmm. or, or the English side, I should say. But to like very clearly need to indicate the English server is now gone. Right. JP, that's that's running strong. So 
Greya is also a character that was, uh, I believe she was the first prince. She was in the first, uh, excuse me. I believe she was in the first Princess Fest. I can't remember for sure because I blocked that part of my, my memories because I couldn't pull her. So I only I originally pulled um, Makoto. And I'm thinking, okay, this bad boy, tough girl uh, character who's also a wolf. And I'm like, oh, you know what? I, I didn't get any of the foxes, but I'm digging Makoto a lot. And then I'm like, you know what? If there's no foxes in the game, I can appreciate the tough wolf girl. And then I find out that there are several foxes in this game. So I'm like, Makoto, I love you, girl. You're going to be on my PvP teams. But my main teams are going to be all these girls. Like, there's a freaking magical girl fox and who uses, like, a parasol and everything. And I realized I like her. I like part of her stories. But, I don't know, she just didn't do it for me. So I kept moving on. And then I heard Greya was in the game. I waited until Princess Fest because I just logged in, dude, my dailies and just grinded as much gems as I could. I didn't even really play the game as much. I only got it so I can get Greya. And then I couldn't get her, so I dropped the game. And that's a nice long history of this side thing ending up becoming like a major character, you know? So it's not surprising to me that something so minuscule, something that's supposed to be a joke, ends up becoming bigger than it originally was tell me about it i feel you that know? way about like fate prisma Ilya, clay prisma Ilya. you know where that yeah. started out <laughs> as like a little i think it was like a little fan event that blew up into its own like franchise that's that's one of the main that's what that's a branch of fate now too that's a legit yeah that's a own... legitimate canon branch of fate now i will say this because once they started taking it like really seriously in the third arc I was on board. Like when you see Shiro Emiya kill Shinji, like that's crazy to me. I'm like, oh, bro. And then like even the translators at the end of one of the chapters, or, like one of the big arcs mm -hmm. I was reading or whatever in the third um, in the manga for the third uh, arc. They at the end of that, they were like, um, I think this is like the end of like where the movie is at, because there's like a Clay yeah. Prisma Ilya movie. Um they had posted this compilation image of like all these like kick ass scenes and like really dramatic moments. And then underneath it, it's like, this is supposed to be a magical girl show. <laughs> and I'm like, right? I know, <laughs> right? Like this was the first two arcs were like cutesy, you know, happy, fun time. Uh, one girl kisses another girl. This is adorable kind of situation. We have to fight daily problems. Like our school gets attacked by monsters every once in a while. But then it like changes into interdimensional warfare and stopping the universe from collapsing and saving our best friend from being murked by her own brother. Like it's crazy, but it's really good. It's really, really good and the art gets like so much better in the third arc i had like it got so much better by like a substantial leap i had to go back and confirm that the first two arcs were the same artist as the third arc because it's just that much better i was like holy shit it's really good oh man it <laughs> for uh, for some of the uh, nasuverse fans because uh, some people get annoyed when you just call it fate the fate universe because it is technically the nasuverse but yes you i know, get it the company <laughs> the company sure as shit doesn't let you doesn't remind you that there's other things but fate seeing how you know they market the damn thing even in one of their anniversary years most of the girls on the poster 
are fake characters. Obviously, uh, our creed from Tsukihime is going to be on there because you have to respect, you know, where you came from. Mm-hmm. There is barely anyone else on there. It's our creed and then fake characters. So you have to excuse people if they forget. Oh, wait, there's other things in this franchise. But uh, oh gosh, a lot yeah. of fate fans that I talk to basically say that the third arc slash series slash because it's weird that they break it up that way. It's like book one. And then that ends, and it's like a Jojo. It's like Jojo. So they have part one, then they have the second arc, then they have the third arc with a thrive because they do German uh, words. So it, the third arc is basically Heaven's Feel equivalent, mm. which I actually really like that arc. You know, I, I have my issues with the Nasuverse, but I, yeah, no, I have the collector edition Blu-rays of the Heaven's Feel movie. And I really enjoyed them. I saw that. Unfortunately, the no-no thing happened, so I couldn't see it in theaters. But I saw. Oh, I saw it in theaters. That was pretty crazy. Oh, you, you lucky bastard! I still haven't seen the third movie yet. I haven't seen the third movie yet either. We should watch that at some point and talk about it. Yeah, dude, it is. I know it was ramping up. I like. I seen the first movie in theaters as a special event, um, at least three times. And the oh. second movie at least twice. I saw and the both first times... and second movie together. It was like a double showing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how I saw it the the third and second time. Because the first the first two times, uh, I saw it. I first I first saw it by myself, and then I took a friend of mine to go see it because I was still on first shift. And then, unfortunately, another friend of mine canceled on me, so I saw the double feature for you know the lead up to the second movie. Or, no, it was a lead up to the third movie, and then the no no thing hit. So then I, the my tickets got canceled for the third movie the following weekend, Aww. and I was so pissed. And you know what extra hurts right now? Hmm. Shin Kamen Rider is in theaters right now on the thirty first, but I'm oh, on second shift, and damn. that's a Wednesday. I can't see it, man. I want to see Shin Kamen Rider so bad. Oh, Shin Godzilla. I wish I don't have any PTO time. I don't have any PTO time. So okay. freaking Shin Ultraman and Shin Godzilla are really, really good. Shin Ultraman slightly weaker, but I, I can give it a pass just because, you know, they're trying to work. They're Hollywooding up the, you know, we're these old school Tokusatsu things. Yeah. Or I, I think it's just under one like new brand because it's Ano and um, I'm so sorry. I'm going to butcher this other guy's name. Um, I can't. Re- I'm sorry. Everybody just remembers Ano. I I'm, I apologize if I can't remember the his partner yeah. in crime in this uh this Tokusatsu trio that it's he's readapting. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Which I think yeah. it's wild so, that they like got him doing live action now. It's great. No, he's always uh Ano has always loved Tokusatsu, mm-hmm. and he's made several you know Tokusatsu shorts, and he has I believe funded or at least cre- I think he either created or funded it the miniature museum that they use in tokusatsu and as a uh project in film while he was still in school he created his own ultraman film yes i remember this This was part of the uh docu mockumentary series called blue blazes which is about like the origin of the studio gynex people he's in that And he makes his uh, Ultraman film. They show it as part of the credits for that episode that it's in. They show the legitimate video of what he had. It's crazy. Isn't such a small thing? It's like, oh, I play Ultraman in my own fan film in high, in school. And now it's such a little thing. 
happens. Now he's literally directing an Ultraman film, and he gets and because you know they're they they need the capture for the CG and stuff, he gets the CG capture as Ultraman. I mean, obviously they also got the original actor to play Ultraman from the '60s, so it's crazy. They got the original guy to replay Ultraman for motion capture, and then there are some shots that they need as well. So Anno. You know, so starts out so small. I'm gonna make my own uh, Ultraman flick, and now I'm playing Ultraman in a legit, fully produced feature film. X amount of years later, isn't that crazy? Something so small ends up becoming so big. I feel that way about the yeah. Power Rangers Netflix series as well. The um. The new one that's coming out, uh, yeah, Dino the, or Cosmic Fury, I should say, or the uh, anniversary special. The anniversary special. It's a series. They've got a few episodes um, planned. Oh, it's a series. I thought it was just a long. I thought it was just an extended episode, like about an hour. I didn't think it was an actual series. Ooh, I mean, yeah, I'm even more excited out. for that now. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Dude. But yeah, no, it's a whole it's oh. a whole series. And uh, I'm really excited about that because, like, hearing the stories of, like, the original Power Rangers cast, that they were all ununionized, paid dirt cheap had to be replaced a number of times because they were, you know, like they would get agents and hear like horror stories from the, uh, uh, from the, the production and they would get more and more popular, but not be making any more money. Like they were being paid like dirt, dirt cheap, especially in LA. Um, and especially for how popular power Rangers was becoming, they weren't being paid shit. So, um, have them like some of those people come back and like refulfill the role and ideally with like better contracts um and payment options and stuff like that and they get royalties they could renew royalties for the characters that they play it's insane and i'm very happy um, for them yeah it's great so speaking of you know starting small on something getting bigger as things go along, you know, start, it, it's that, you know, meme and that song, you started from the bottom and now you're here. Yeah. We're, oh man, we've actually done so a couple episodes right now and, you know, had a little, had some struggles here and there. I'm not going to lie. I'm not an editor by any means. I'm not really a, uh, audio is not my thing. Hey, if you got a machine broken down, uh, I can help uh, problem solve and get it running, but you ask me to edit some audio for a podcast. Oh, boy, there's still going to be some mistakes in there. <laughs> yeah, there was a number but of them. I was still, going through still... it. I was like, oh, wow, you left a lot in here. There's some of them that I'm thinking, oh, man, I got to I'm learning. I'm learning. There's a bunch. I, it's going to be rough start. But hey, even some of the most uh, lo beloved series had the rough starts. So a, a little extra tokusatsu before uh, we, I'm trying not to like infuse too much into the show, but I was watching a retrospective on Ultraman Tiga and the guy had said, well, is it really worth the hype and everything else? And I'm thinking there's no way that he's going to say anything negative about Ultraman Tiga. Cause that's the Ultraman show for so many people. That is the most loved series. So many people grew up with that. So many people go back to it. It has, it's, it's the main stay for the tdg trilogy to the point where there's a new tdd uh tdg trilogy uh with a trigger decker and we don't know obviously this is going to date the episode we don't know what the what they're doing for the gaia uh part of that trilogy because funny enough ultraman gaia has its 25th anniversary that same year but ultraman ginga 
also has his 10th anniversary that year. And then I believe it's the 50th uh, anniversary for the franchise as a whole that same year. So oh, that's Ultraman Blazer. Yeah, Ultraman Blazer has so many things going on right now. And everyone's thinking, what's going to happen to the new TDG trilogy? So we'll we'll see. Because so far, I didn't really like Trigger as much. I haven't seen Decker, so I don't know if they improved it yet. But I'm st- I, I, I like to see where they're going to go with it. Because I'd like to have them finish it. You know, a, a new generation TDG trilogy. But now you have so many anniversaries in one season. They might just skip it. Or they might not like have it be a Gaia thing. They might combine so many into one season that I don't think they're going to be able to do it in 25 episodes. But T- this dude's saying, so Tiga is a solid Ultraman show, but it really needed to find its footing. Because the first couple episodes, they're trying to figure out what's going on. And they're trying to find the lore and stuff. And just like a lot of older tokusatsu, they kind of have pre-production ideas. But they're writing and learning as they're doing the show. Instead of, you know, like an American television series where everything's fucking planned out. And the only thing that they get surprised about is if they're renewed for another season or not. So if you go back, you could see a couple other shows where, you know what, this season is very nice and self-contained. And you can theoretically stop watching at the end of the season. Because, you know, the whole arc is closed, everything's golden. And season the next season is just going to be following on the events of that, doing a new story. Which is actually really interesting. Because obviously you got a series viable and so on and so forth. So uh, it's interesting to see the difference between the two. And this dude saying, like, yeah, no, Tiga needed needed, uh, to find its footing. And now it's one of the, you know, very, oh man, the the production's issues for that damn show. And, uh, oh man. Uh, Hero, you know about gym shows and the like, right? Gym shows? Over in Japan. Gym shows. Mm-mm. I might be mispronouncing it, but uh, basically, uh, Japanese talent agencies. That it's it's a can. It is a rabbit hole of uh, bullshit to go down through. So there's an excellent video by um, oh, I'm gonna put your I'm gonna I'm gonna forget his name. Not a uh, um, I'll share it in the show notes but basically it's called the disappearance of ultraman tiga and what ended up happening was they needed to work with the gym show called johnny's and associates the main character is daigo so unfortunately anytime they you see ultraman tiga in the franchise again this is the best thing about uh, ultraman is they have two different uh characters to play the main role so you have his human form and then you have the ultraman himself so unlike common writer you know, if you can't get the original uh, actor back, sometimes you're going to get these awkward scenes where it's like, oh, look, here's Common uh, Rider Kuga again. But he doesn't say anything and he's just doing his iconic thumbs up. And then you realize, wait, that's a different guy in the suit. Or, obviously, it's going to be a different guy in the suit, but the original actor doesn't repraise his role. It's just we're getting Kuga back. Ultraman, they don't have to worry about getting the original actor back, except for some of the new generation cast, because some of the new generation are the Ultraman. It's getting a lot, getting a lot of Ultraman launch stuff, but basically they were smart to have it be two separate people because basically any time they need to get the character Daigo back, they need to go through Johnny's and associates. They need to please them. And I don't need to tell you, 
uh, Ultraman fans how often we've seen Daigo and how the fact that Daigo being in something has caused more problems for the series. Uh, for the sequel series, technically Ultraman Dinah, his character, sh the Daigo shows up in two episodes in the finale. And when they restreamed Ultraman Dinah, they didn't show those two episodes. They restreamed an incomplete series because the the digital rights and getting him the rights to his character and his likeness is such a rabbit hole that I even watching this video, this dude's explaining it to me so well. I'm still thinking, why don't they just let him do it? It wasn't until like 2018 where they that company finally started allowing digital stuff to happen. Like they opened up a YouTube channel. A company that's known for owning and managing the top-tier talent in Japan. And they don't have a YouTube channel or anything really uh, electronic. Yeah, because the like, Japanese the where they, do not know how to iterate for shit. It, and that is the biggest, if it ain't broke, don't fix it type deal. Like, at the time, uh, they they are extra, extra on the, you know, no, old ways better. Because they wouldn't even allow you to email them some documents that they needed to get approvement on. They needed to be sent via bike messenger at some points. Yes. And their and their con um, the famous story, the main character in uh, Shinkanger, Shinkan Red, the uh, the samurai season. Mm. He f he admitted that he had to live on water throughout the production because he was paid so little. He would be drinking a lot of water to trick his stomach to be thinking it's full, because it was only paid like a thousand dollars or something like it would be his salary was super low as a new actor and he was on a hero show too so they're you no know, known to not be paid the best so this dude's living on water on a freaking tokusatsu show and all of the appearance fees and royalties that he'd get from the show go to the company itself and not him yeah. um, it, it's such a rabbit hole that's fairly common but, for yeah, Japanese no, companies, though. Like, that was uh, the big yeah. hullabaloo about Demon Slayer. Um, and I was just mm -hmm. watching this last night with a couple of people, <clears throat> with a couple of buddies of mine. We were watching it. But uh, I had explained to one of them that the huge hullabaloo about, like, the Demon Slayer movie, Mugen Train coming out, and then it's making, like, a billion dollars globally. And the author doesn't see any of that money because they signed all of their rights off for it what the contract is that they get at Shonen Jump for first time yeah. authors is like, Hey, regardless of how well your series does, because they, most full first time authors fail their first series. They don't get a yeah. smash hit like Demon Slayer did. Um, so they, they get presented with this opportunity to sign a contract saying, uh, regardless of how poorly or how great your series does, you get this $19,000 check just guaranteed flat out. Like you get to make this amount of money. And to them, they're like, this is, you know, this sounds like a great deal because if it, if I get canceled early or whatever, I still make bank on it. Right. But then you have the flip side in Demon Slayer's case where the IP has gone for multiple billions of dollars globally and you're stuck with only $19,000 of that multi-billion, like, and then everybody else who's involved with the production, um, like all the studio, all the staff, all the way down to even your fucking editor gets like royalties from that. But you don't. <laughs> it's yeah, insane. And, you know, 
and that artist is the one doing most of the work. Like she's the one producing all the content yeah. for them to adapt. That's what I think. Like I think about that all the time. But they don't have fair use in Japan, so it doesn't apply the same as it does in the West. Because in the West, you can fair claim fair use. use because you created the IP, you created the story, you created the characters. That all of this stuff is like it is an adaptation, which like that's their justification for it. Is like they're taking something that exists, but they're changing it and adapting it and creating something new from it, which technically yes that is what they're doing demon slayer would not be as popular as it is without the ufotable adaptation that is a just a, an indisputable fact right however yeah. comma they wouldn't have anything to adapt without the original source material that they were working from like that's right. like building a building um and being like, well, we don't have to pay royalties to the designer and blueprinter. We just put it together and the building works great. And we worked out all the kinks and stuff like that. And it exists now and people use it and we can collect entry fees into the building. But the people who made the building, like who designed it, they don't get any of that because they didn't contribute to the actual building process. They were just in the planning part. Oh, okay. If you really want to keep that separated, good luck building a building without the plan then. <laughs> right. I think um, there's, uh, I, I, I might be getting the books confused, but I believe that's actually the plot to a uh, objectivist novel, Atlas Shrugged, I believe. Where this architect isn't going to be given credit for his design and they're going to build the building anyway. So he blows up the building. Yep. And it, it it's it's definitely uh uh interesting how uh objectivism is a very very uh extreme ideology and what it shows but it I believe it's Atlas Shrugged. It might be another one the founder. I haven't uh read any of Ayn Rand's work, but that's basically like that's one of the plots to one of her books is this architect uh wants to have credit he wants to be you know known as the guy that uh that built the design this building and everything uh side note i don't think it would be fair use under i'm only i'm only commenting on this because i've been watching a lot of uh fair use youtube videos mm -hmm. i'll have to put in a document i'll have to tell you about this documentary that i've actually seen it was like a two hour long one about this one guy and I don't believe it's the fair. Uh, Japan does have fair use laws. It's just very different from ours. So that's why you have a lot of issues with like Toei and all these other big companies striking down YouTube channels because their fair use laws are different from ours. Like we get or no, their copyright laws are different than yes, ours. That's correct. And fair use laws, I don't believe they don't they don't have any fair use laws. They don't have things like because our fair use is like for uh, comment, teaching, education, research, that kind of thing. Right. They don't have that in Japan. If you're like using an anime uh, that already exists and is distributed and you show that to a classroom as an educational thing, you can be fined and arrested. Uh, because you don't have fair use to use that in the educational setting like you have to get permission and that's how it was in america like back in the 50s up until i think the mm -hmm. 60s or 70s is when we got uh fair use um and this was like post uh like the the fight for dc and comics and stuff like like who owned the rights to the to the specific characters and stuff like that it was like a big socialist movement uh in the art community uh over ownership and rights um and so that's how we defined fair use but they didn't have that in japan so they don't have fair use they do have copyright and their copyright laws 
are different and in some cases allow for fair use but the general consensus is like places mm-hmm. like comic yeah. um which have a lot of technically illegal um parody adaptations like all of that stuff at comic would be perfectly legal in the u.s because it's covered under parody right where you're right. transforming the nature of the work in order to introduce a new element or concept whether that be pornographic or otherwise in Japan, right. they don't have that. But because the work is independently produced, uh, doesn't sell a lot of copies, it doesn't compete very well with like the actual IP. Um, yeah. And it's uh, the nature of the work is like so far removed from the original material, they like to turn a blind eye to it. And also because the government gets a buck ton of taxes back from Kamiket that if they dismantle Kamiket, it's so big now that if they dismantle it, they will be effectively crippling their own economy. So that's why they, like, turn a blind eye to it. There's a, not to be political or anything, but I believe during the Obama years, when he visited Japan, there was, like, this trans-Pacific trade deal or something, and yes. Abe had to go out and say, listen, guys, we promise you, Dojinshi will not be affected by this. Don't Like, he had to flat out say, we are not going to change it. Because Dojinshi as a whole... Because um, I'm not too well versed in some Japanese laws, mm-hmm. but I do know when they become an issue because we have laws to protect ourselves over here for stuff like this. But then when you go onto the JP side, it's a murky water because all you sometimes need to do is put a black bar on the eyes and then you'll see a character do whatever. You have characters doing, you know, the Kamehameha wave in something that's clearly not Dragon Ball, but it's doing more as an homage. But then they still got to censor out the name. So it's really funky. So when you have your the leader of your country saying, guys, we are n- this will not affect Dojinshi. Like, it's still this gray zone of we are not going to touch it. It's not going to affect it. This trade deal is something else. Dojinshi is safe. Mm-hmm. And talking to uh, – I need to talk to um, this uh, one individual who's actually in the publishing industry – uh, for Dojinshi over here. I got to bug him about this and see how uh, JP copyright law and all this other stuff works. I'll, I'll get back to you on that. I'll make a pin on that. Topic just to so that way. At some point, copyright law and stuff. Yeah. I can even, I can even bring him on the show too if, uh, if he's willing. Just because he, we had this, uh, we had this long conversation about uh, translators and stuff. Because he's a translator and he has, he uh, brings over, you know, he's friends with a lot of these Dojinshi creators. So he talks to them at Kamiket and then, you know, makes deals and so on and so forth. Like, hey, do you want to publish your work in English? I'll help you out and yada, yada. And he has a couple of books that are out. So uh, when we actually get that going, I'll talk about all that other stuff. And but for now, we were talking about uh, if you guys ever see those posts on Twitter where people are saying, like, oh, why is the English side of translations bad? And then they show things like um, like the Fire Emblem. I use Fire Emblem as an example where famously Fire Emblem has a lot of changed dialogue and scripts and just characters in general. Like there's an entire character that's supposed to be cutesy. Like it's supposed to be like a Gatmoe kind of thing where she's buff and in this like knightly armor and stuff, but she wants to be cute and whatever. And in the English version, we got, she's a muscle head instead. So it's like, oh man, you're the most person I, you're the first most important thing to me in the world besides my muscles. Uh, that, that's not the character. That, that's clearly not the character. There is dialogue. Um, another thing that's important in the games is these uh, the paralogues, I think they're called, 
or like the social events between different characters because you level up their connect like how connected they are uh, you basically level up their social link because i can't remember it's been so long since i played a fire emblem game you level them up from like c to s or c to a if you can't marry them if you can't pair them together and you know you actually get these characters interacting with each other and having you know a lot of dialogue there are several ninja characters who talk to each other and the entire dialogue is just ellipses Mm. and people blame yeah and people blame the translators on that and he's coming in saying well you know dur, 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 dur. you do realize that they're not the only people that see this and so on and so forth and uh you know they're the last on they're the first person to do this like they did their job now it's up to the company to decide what they decide to do with that translation and i ended up throwing in there so what about that uh so what about jamie marchi and how she's the i believe the script editor i can't remember what her role is but in a lot of dubs where you know people are complaining oh this isn't like the japanese and you're clearly putting in your own ideas and uh, political takes in these shows gamergate gamergate showed up in an anime just let that be known in prison a, school. In prison school. Yeah, she was making a the, comment about yeah, Gamergate. Yeah. The other one, the more egregious one in my mind, was having the dumb character who's uh, kind of like her joke is that she's completely oblivious to how people view her because she's like so far removed from current culture because she's from another universe. Uh-huh. In, uh huh. Yeah. In, was it Dragon Maid? Luca. Yeah, yeah, I was going to post that. Oh, boy. Yes. Oh, the patri- oh, my God. Yeah, something about the patriarchy or whatever. Yeah, she was oh, like, no. okay, so in, in Japanese, this isn't like a comment on her body or anything like that. Uh, it's more of like a joke on how oblivious she is as a character. Um, but she uh starts wearing like a t-shirt because normally she wears like more skimpier clothing or whatever and she's got like really huge assets and so she shows up at the door in this like t-shirt and jeans or whatever and uh her friend the main character one of the main characters taru comments on it just like hey what's with the outfit she was like uh i don't remember what the original line was do you remember what it was i'm trying to look it up right now let me look but they're like oh yeah because she was basically uh, saying, like, oh, you know, I've been getting a lot of stares recently, uh, so I figured I'd change up my outfit. And Tori was like, maybe you should change your body next, because the indication is, oh, they're staring at me because my outfit's different. Because I don't remember what her original outfit was. So she changed the outfit, but, you know, because she has bigger assets, she they're not staring at her because of the outfit. They're staring at her because, you know, she's very uh, attractive. So what ends up happening is she's confused, so she ends up changing the outfit instead into something more provocative, which is like a shirt and like some tight jeans. Oh, yeah, because jean, it's uh, like tight, it's like tighter, jean shorts. So it's like it's, so it makes it yeah. more sexy as like a consequence. Oh, normally she wears uh booty shorts and a tank top, yeah. and it's like it's fine, and she like wears a ball cap and stuff like that. So it's like it's fine, right, as like an outfit, but because she has like giant huge uh giant boobs and a huge ass, um people like are attracted to her in a certain sense. Right. Um, but then she like wears this tight t-shirt and jeans and it just ends up making her sexier. So it like completely defeats the purpose on why she changed her outfit. Um, yeah. And so Toru recommended because they do have this ability in the context of the world to change how they look as people like the, this is right. a legitimate thing she can do that Toru is suggesting. And uh, which is to change her body to make it less provocative. Um, yeah, I have the subs too. By the way, I have the whole I have the whole thing right here. If you want perfect. to, if yeah, you yeah, end yeah, up go ahead and it quote not. it. 
include okay. it in the show notes. So here's the <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So here's the sub. Okay, so uh, FYI, so we, uh, just to clarify, uh, the individual I talked to, he ended up. I ended up agreeing with him, saying yes. It's up to the company to decide whether or not they're going to use this or not. So blame Nintendo, blame the third party translator team that they got to ruin Fire Emblem and the translations. In this case, some of the Funimation people do have the final say. So some of the voice actors in the show are also the ones editing the show. So yes. this is a Jamie this Marchie is an extreme. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, and unfortunately, you know, she shouldn't have gone on Twitter and saying and mocking the fans saying, "Oh, all those problems you have with the show, I'm the one that did it. I did this." Like I understand you're doing that to provoke certain people, but you're not helping some of the translators' cases because I do legitimately feel for some of these people because it's just super easy to point to translator bad. Uh, look what they're doing. Whereas, no, I do agree. I hate it when he brings it up though because it's so it's such a snarky, no duh, company bad thing. Uh, yes, it's the company that's usually the one that has the final say and whatever. And the translators are the, the they get the target easily. But for, this is only a case because Funimation's kind of iffy. So the difference between the subs and the dubs. This is episode 12 of Kobayashi's Dragon Maid. Subs. Toru. What's with that outfit? And she's wearing like a jacket and some different pants and a black suit. Yeah. Like a black undersuit. So usually, you know, it's tight shirt and booty shorts. And now she's wearing something a lot more covering. What's with that outfit? Lukua. Everyone was always saying something to me, so I tried toning down the exposure. How is it? And then Toru replies, You should try changing your body next. In context to what Hero had said, in this universe, the dragon people can physically change their attributes. So uh, there's a scene later, a different character who can't... She has, like, dragon claws as hands, so she changes them into, like, little nubs. And then it turns out that those nubs are actually tiny microscopic hands being able to live shit. So then she ends up being able to transform her dragon hands into actual like human hands now. So you can change your physical attributes in this series. Funimation dub. Toru, what are you wearing that for? Lukua. Oh, those pesky patriarchal societal demands were getting on my nerves. So I changed clothes. Toru, give it a week. They'll be begging you to change it back. Yeah, which is a comment Completely. on the people who, you know, like on fans, essentially. Right, right. I'm thinking, no, you're ruining the joke because that's the whole, like you're losing part of the joke, which she kind of just doesn't know how to interact because she's this very, very attractive individual. And she ends up getting paired with a uh, a kid. So now this very attractive, you know, sisterly, motherly type is always, you know, being very close and intimate with this kid and he doesn't know what to do. And so he's very embarrassed a lot. So they, uh, there's a point where they go to the beach and they're like, um, ma'am, you're going to need to change your swimsuit because it's very provocative. And he's super embarrassed because it's like, oh, my God, please don't. Uh, well, not only that, not it is me. like, don't don't knock it because it is a very, uh, let's say, spicy relationship that these two have where he's yeah, yeah, yeah. she essentially is posing as his like pet demon because he's into the occult and quote unquote accidentally yeah. summoned her so it's like this long gambit that she's playing with him but he is as a child like an eight-year-old attracted to her in a sexual way and she obliviously exploits this and that's like a running joke throughout the, se the series so it yeah, is so weird uh it is in a lot of cases unacceptable 
but it is what it is. <laughs> it's, it, it's a joke that the author decided to run with. And if you don't like the joke, well, guess what? You have a um, you have more people in this cast to latch on to. Lukua and Shoda. His name is like literally Shoda too. I love, Just want to point that out. Too. I love Kana <laughs> and like that bully girl. That all oh, right. <laughs> the girl who tried Psychala. to pick on her in class, but then ends up falling in love with her, and then they have this innocent yeah. lesbian relationship that's modeled after the main character's lesbian relationship. Oh, it's so good. Like, the funny it. thing, too, is I don't know if Kana knows, because that's the thing. Like, they go back and forth. Like, in the show, you can kind of tell, wait, does she understand the relationship that Saikawa has with her? Or is it or is it more like in the manga where they're still friends, but Saikawa's the only one that's always, like, down bad for her? Right. In the well, anime, that is the case this... in season one. It changes in season two when Kana's introduced to the concept of sex by Toru as she's like hunting mm -hmm. after Kobayashi, right? Because she's always trying to get with Kobayashi. Um, and Kobayashi slowly becomes like more affectionate towards Toru. Um, but Kana yeah. sees this kind of like dynamic in relationship, gets a little bit of advice, and then she's like, she uses that to get closer with Sayakawa. Um, so it's like there is intention to this kind of like pursuant of the relationship, um, but that doesn't happen until season two and beyond. Right. I, I've seen so much fan art of because obviously it's super sad when you see like these characters are growing up, but obviously only one of them is getting older. Mm -hmm. So seeing like Kana hugging like uh, teenage Saikawa as you know, she's getting older and still like really attached to Kana is super sweet because even as you know, she's getting older, she still has the same feelings for it. Uh, there was this uh, th like the quote unquote age gap stuff like uh, there was uh, th uh, someone sharing a lot of idol master stuff in one of my chats. So there's Mirai Akagi and I believe that's her name. And then one of the I think it's Mika. I I'm not an idol master guy. I don't really follow any of those series. I only really like follow some of the artwork and like very specific girls. But there's 11 year old Mirai following uh, 17 year old. Um, I think it's Mika. Or it might be Rika. I can't remember. And it's like, oh, yada, yada, I love you, and so on and so forth. And, you know, I hope we can get together. And, it's like, and she's replying, oh, maybe when you're older. And then when Mirai is 17, she still has the same feelings. And, you know, it's only six years later, right? So, mm -hmm. you know, now she's 17, you know, about a year away from being an adult. And now she's more embarrassed because, oh, shit, this is – she still has feelings for me? What? Right? It's like so – you go from being a 17 year old telling this kid yeah no it'll pass it's just you know whateverly love and then now you're 23 and the 17 year old's like hey so i still have feelings for you uh and so it's always like oh, i don't know how to f i don't know how to take this it, it was so cute uh oh my gosh it's, it's like that in mishoko tensei as well with like rudy granted yeah. you know he's got like the mind of a 30 year old man and then yeah, we can yeah. have a whole debate about this. I've had this conversation with other people as well. It's very oh good to think we'll, about. A good thought experiment. But we'll, uh, we'll hmm? pin that. We're going to have to pin that because oh, I'm, I got to rewatch. If we're going to do that, I got to rewatch Masoka Tensei because I don't want to go into this conversation uh, like half-baked. Because then I'm gonna like legit forget certain bits. Because like you had to tell me about that scene later where she told where they ended up like sleeping together. I forgot that happened in the show. Oh, where you yeah, remember... and the other girl? Yeah, yeah, Eris. And I'm thinking, wait, did that? Did they actually adapt that? I don't remember that happening. Because I'm watching it week to week, and it's me so being me, I'm gonna forget shit. It's so tasteful and so artsy. Oh, it's so good.
Like everybody's like, oh, oh, you know, there's this 30 year old man trapped in an, a 10 year old boy's body having sex with a 12 year old girl, and, and that makes him a pedophile. And like, okay, first of all, he was a pedophile before he was in the eight year old's body. Second of all, that's not a part you're supposed to be sympathetic about. Everybody punishes him for it. Third of all, she is abusing him in the situation. He doesn't have the power here. He said no multiple times. This is basically rape. Like it's it's a whole thing. Uh, that but entire scenario. I remember and she ends up leaving him too, if I recall correctly. She, she does, but she's bad with words, and that results in a very unfortunate circumstance that I'm waiting for them to pay off because they're getting close to it in the manga. Uh, right. As they keep like they keep touching base with Eris every couple of years as she's like on this training journey and getting closer and closer to Ghislaine. I think the last time we see her, she's at Sword King level, like she finally reaches yeah. that, and they have to hire special teachers from the other uh, other schools of Sword. Uh, so that she can become a sword god because um, that's her intention is to become a sword god and then yeah, go yeah. back to Rudy so she's close she's getting there um, but then we also see Rudy and he's like married with children now so it's like a whole thing no but is like don't worry husband I'm just going out for some milk and then she comes back I brought back the milk it's been 20 years yeah well I got the damn milk what, yeah. what did you expect it was a long line what are you doing now you're married with kids what the frick right like oh you cheater oh, so i'm really i'm that shoe, when that shoe drops it's probably going to drop in the same way as when rudy met up with his dad again and that yeah. was a whole can of worms but yeah we'll get into it um yeah, but the, it, the idea was like uh, the thing that i was talking about was like when rudy confesses to roxy and she's like tell me that when you're older and they do things they let him get away with saying creepy shit because he's a kid right in their eyes yeah and then as he gets older he gets away with it less and less and that's kind of like the point um but it, it's a thing where she like she thinks about him as a student and it was like an example to live up to because he exhibits like yeah. so much talent and so she models like her learning ethic after his and so I'm waiting for them to kind of reconnect and for him to rekindle that kind of relationship as well, even though his is more of like an obsessive relationship, uh, something more like revered, um, like she's a goddess or something like that. So it's it's not right. healthy by any means. And the show makes that very much a point that his relationship with Roxy is not healthy. Um, but that's why they've been separated for so long and. Uh, Roxy hasn't developed any feelings for Rudy, but if she does in the future, I'm interested on how they'll handle that, whether it'll be the same as yeah, like Psychola. Yeah, like the series as a whole is a real slow burn, so if you can't vibe with it, I, I know we've said it early on the show, but if you really can't vibe with it, I understand, but the payoffs do happen, so because uh, Mashoka Tento is one of the few series that I have, you know, gone through and have, you know, dealt with like, eh, saint, whatever, but then you realize, what like, that's the point, you know, you know, redemption, a second chance at life. That, that's mm -hmm. the whole point of the show. Yeah, I, obviously, you know, we're spoiled nowadays with all these isekais and whatever and these cheat shows. Well, the, it's, but when you actually bother. Yeah, uh, what it is, is a lot of people. So there, there's kind of two camps that are against Mushoku Tensei, right? Um, and t one of the camps is people who relate too much to Rudy and see themselves in him and don't like the way that feels. So they don't like Mushoku Tensei for that reason even though those are the people who like need it the most and then other people who have been affected by the people who are like Rudy and can't sympathize with him 
for that reason, right? People who've had bad yeah. relationships with those people. And so, um, and I get it. It's unfortunate. And I really wish more people could remove themselves from the media that they consume. You know, like you don't have to feel bad listening to R. Kelly knowing that he's a pedophile. You can just recognize that sometimes he makes good music. Sometimes an okay painter. But he's not a good person. I'm trying to like my point here is like right there, bro. He's not a good person, but sometimes sometimes people make things that aren't necessarily indicative of the people they are, right? Sometimes Rudy makes good choices. There's an entire Boondocks episode on this, by the way, too. So, oh yeah, <laughs> like I, I fucking uh, uh, Riley and Huey were going back and forth on this, and the entire crux of the episode was uh, even Dave Chappelle. I remember seeing an, uh one of his bits where uh Dave Chappelle was saying like, you know, I don't think I need to, I don't think I need to have you know cognitive dissonance to understand. Do I want to get peed on or do I not want to get peed on? I'm, I'm gonna have to think this over as I'm getting peed on. Hmm, do I like this or do I not? Like everybody, everybody made that goddamn joke. I remember oh, man, that. Great. Yes, it's like yeah, and then <laughs> yeah, and the whole freaking and then in, in Riley's entire point is listen, like Riley's point in that episode was the same thing as Dave Chappelle's. Like, listen, do you like it or do you not? Because I could move. And then the girl's saying like, well, if I didn't like it, I would have moved. Right. So, yeah. No. It, there is, you know, separate the art from the artist, and then there's also separate yourself from the work as, uh, from the work that you're getting, because not everything's supposed to be taken. Obviously, we've talked about it before, where there's some series that, you know, I'm just reading this so I can chill, relax. I'm not really supposed to be thinking about mm. it, but if you can absorb like the themes and everything else in what you're absorbing, and what you're uh, exposing yourself to, great. Yeah. If you can't, I completely understand. And like I said before, that series is a slow burn. There's going to be a lot of him doing a bunch of stupid shit until it gets better. Like the it doesn't get good, quote unquote, later. It's you're getting the payoff for everything you've been through. Also, I need to point out, Eris comes back fucking jacked, too. She's so cool, man. I have a low key crush on Eris. She comes. There's merch that I completely missed out on. And I was so sad where she's in her training outfit and she's jacked. And I'm thinking, mm-hmm. whoa, 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 I'm sorry. This is this. That's that's how they're adapting Eris. Hmm. Damn. I'm, uh, I was more of a Gislaine type. But I mean, I don't know. Eris. Uh, she does take after her. She's called. Down about. I love this because she is called the sword beast in the manga. Like yeah. once she gets to that almost God style because she fights like an animal. And I love it because she grew up with animals and like Ghislaine is basically a second mother to her and stuff like that. It's it's amazing. I absolutely love it. I originally I'm not going to lie. I originally got into like I'm weak to certain things. So whenever it's in a series that I like uh, or whenever it's in a series, I'll jump into it simply because it's there. So Fox Girls, boom, number one. I'm always going to jump into it. Glane is one of the characters that I thought I like that design. Where is she from? I'm going to read this. And then I realized how the series went. I was completely surprised. And now that I know how the series ends, I'm thinking, I'm not disappointed, but I would have liked more of her. Yeah, but she's because not she was, she, the she, point of the series. She's just a She's not the character. point of the series, hero. I understand. <laughs> it's just, you know... Join just, us with Eris on the sidelines. I'm, I'm sure. <laughs> it's like, I can't have Gizlane, but I guess I'll have Eris then. 
Yeah. Oh man. And then there's like the sequel series to that. Like Moshoku, I, I gotta uh, to to sum up why I was trying to do this. Moshoku Tensei have gone through, and it is a slow burn. And I don't know if you add up all the pages and the word count, it's probably a Brandon Sanderson novel at some point. You know, I, I've read through the majority of it. So if I can go through Masoko Tensei and be like, I enjoy it. I understand what it was doing from beginning to end. There's some rough bits, but you gotta, you have to get through the rough bits in order to get the payoff for the rough bits. You know, you know, it's a, it's just like that chart you see all the time when you're writing. There's a, you know, it's a rising action. And when you get to the peak, that's when stuff happens. That's when you get your payoffs and so on and so forth. So a lot of the crappy shit that he's done and the whole learning to be a better person and getting your second chance at life thing, you kind of need to show that he's a bit of an asshole and that, yeah, no, the, dude is creepy. You know, the, I understand that it can be a little awkward, but the point is to show that he's creepy. I'm reading this and I'm thinking, oh, I, I don't remember because uh, I need to rebuy the manga. I gave it to a friend because he was moving away. So I don't have the manga with me available anymore. And then the books, you know, I read those, you know, to uh, on totally legitimate sites uh, before they were being published in English. So now that they're in English, I got to rebuy all of them. And I got to remember, I don't recall if they really folk like, you know, how his inner voice uh, happens throughout the show. I don't remember how they adapted to the manga, but I never. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How like his old, vo like his 30 year old uh, mind speaking through this kid. And not what's happening with this eight-year-old. I kept forgetting he was like a third. I, I knew. I thought it was completely reincarnated when I was first going through the series. So I read and went through the series, not really understanding that he's thirty in that body and not just a kid that knows extra stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because in the anime they have the original thirty-year-old voice actor play his inner monologue. Yeah, uh, which is really cool and it's a nice reminder, consistent reminder. In the manga, yeah. there's no real indication other than he is thinking to himself, so you get like the thought bubble and like as an infant and he's having complicated thoughts on like language and stuff like that. So that like yeah. contextually is a reminder. But because there's the show uh, uh, Misfit De or uh, Misfit of the Demon Academy. And uh, Anos is just born busted. Like, it's one of those series where it's super, it's fantasy yeah, and yada so yada, demon lord, whatever. Yeah. yeah. And dude's busted. And from like minute, like from like day one, he's already like an eight year old size and whatever. He's only like, I think a week or like a year old, I think, in the show by that point. He's just so powerful. He just grew faster and he's speaking as a child and everything else. And his parents the whole time are thinking, yeah, man, our kid is super cool. Look at him. He's not even a year old and he's already going to this academy. Look at him. He's like an adult already. Obviously, it's played for laughs, but he does care for his, you know, his new parents and so on and so forth. Uh, but tro it's funny because tropes that we see now in Isekai are going back because Mashoku Tensei is being adapted with those shows coming out at the same time because it's taking a bit to adapt all of it. Yeah. Oh, man, it's such a it's, it's so, such a train ride. No, it's fantastic that Mashoku Tensei did take as long as it did to get adapted. Uh, because we, it came out, I think, at like one of the perfect times where we could reflect on all of the things that Isekai was doing wrong uh, since then, and then like have Mushoko Tensei be like grounded in what the story is supposed to be about as like a reminder, like, hey, let's bring it back home real quick and use this as an actual vehicle for storytelling instead of just a self fulfilling prophecy, power fantasy type story where you get to project yourself on character A with straight black hair, a uh, black swordsman kind of guy who uh, just had all this untapped potential and all he needed was to give him a chance in a different world with magic to unlock that true potential uh, yeah he, and with that all shit. that said 
Yeah. <laughs> oh man. It, it's like a, it's good. It's one to show like, oh man, how far has the medium regressed? But before all that, I gotta ask, Hero, how's yeah. your week been? Yeah. Right. Oh after boy. An hour. This is gonna be. Yeah, after an hour, it's going to be like, do I, even do I even bother keeping all this or I just make this an extended fucking... Oh, man, these episodes are getting longer and longer the more we record them. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, man. Uh, my week's been yeah. fine. Um, not a whole lot of, like, change or progress or anything like that. Um, I am working as... I'm redoing the LO of... Uh, or the layout of uh, mm -hmm. this... Uh, was it VTuber Idol pv the the promotional video yeah. that i'm working on um and so i've been doing that throughout the week um and I've, i'm down to iteration five because they told me to do it and it was just to redo what somebody had already done but make it like better and i did but it wasn't in the direction that they wanted so then they're like okay well let's you know sit down and talk about this a little bit more here's a little more advice on how to handle it i go and i do it and they're like well it's not quite there uh, and they're giving me notes that like that are not they're not very good drawovers because they're they're busy and they do it really really quickly. Yeah. Um. So I was like, every time I make an iteration based on their notes, I'm like, oh, yeah, this is what I thought you were talking about, but now that we're sitting down and talking about it, I see where I was wrong. And then it, like it took to like the fourth iteration for them to give me like the physical visual stuff like this is stuff that they had talked about with the previous person that they just did not give me for whatever reason and even like they talked about it when we were going over it um uh, and the fourth one there's like in retrospect we probably should have just sent you the stuff that we talked about <laughs> so that you knew right. in context uh. or whatever what you were working on and uh, or who this character was and so i did eventually get that and i uh tightened that down and like did some of that yesterday morning um and then today this afternoon i gotta finish it and deliver it and it was supposed to be due on friday it's currently sunday that we're recording this um but because they like it was gonna be but then they gave me like three more revisions to do so and i just told them it was like i was not gonna be done till sunday so it's good that was basically my week also uh working more hours at my part-time job so uh what about you what do you do oh man I, I that's a mood right there needing to uh work more i'm because i got my uh my raise and my uh my review or my reviews coming much later but luckily i got my raise with my last review and my hours are done for my apprenticeship i'm done with just waiting to see what we go forward with me but yeah now i realize uh if i want to continue to do the things that i want to do i need 10 extra hours of ot for my paychecks so luckily i'm paid bi-weekly so i can just you know either stay an extra hour after work or work six days and have the saturday be where i get a lot of my extra hours from whether it be uh for uh, the extra four hours or sometimes i miraculously wake up at like six in the morning after I get home from 12 mm -hmm. and just, all right, I'm going to run on five hours, uh, do work, donate plasma, knock right the fuck out. And then wake up, use my nights to do whatever, take a nap, do Sunday stuff, record uh podcast episode and go. So my week has just been pretty hectic with a lot of, uh, life kicking you in the nuts. Uh, my car needed to have a piece changed and I go to my mechanic and I tell him, all right, so I need this to go uh, through because I need to get some licenses for my car. And so like, I got to get a bunch of paperwork on my car done. And I give it, I give the car to my mechanic says, can I, uh, I need to, I'm on second shift. Hopefully someone else can pick it up and take it to my place. So that way I could take the car in the morning to do all that stuff. And then I can drive the car to work. Everything gets done and the car won't start. 
So there's that problem. Now, because I'm not getting the paperwork done, if the car is seen by a cop, I'm going to get a ticket. So I need to somehow move the car somewhere where it won't get a ticket. So I move it somewhere. Boom. I have to manually push it because the thing just won't start. It worked fine before I gave it to him. And all he had to do was do a part swap and everything else. And he, I know it works because he had to move it from, you know, the garage to where he parked it. Right. So he had to turn it on to move it. It worked when he was doing it and it didn't want to start. So we were able to get it somewhere and then I leave it where it needs to be. You know, it's in the, uh, it's in a parking lot overnight. And I'm thinking, okay, no one has ever gotten a ticket there because the, uh, there's a bunch of people that live uh, across the street in this little area. So there's a parking lot that people live there and I have a city sticker. So for all they know, I live there and I still get a ticket because of the paperwork not getting done. I'm like, ah, fuck. And all this is like coming in on my week. And then my boss uh, chews me out because uh, uh, there was a project that needed to get done. And, you know, there's only two of us in the whole facility at night. And we just can't get to it sometimes. And, you know, he's chewing me. I was like, hey, you know, try. And we needed to get this done and so on and so forth. So, uh, you know, I... I I'm going to take responsibility for it because a lot of it, you know, he asked me to do it and it wasn't uh, an itinerary for the night. It was, Hey, here's a project I'm giving you. Can you get it done? And tell him, yeah, I'll try and get it. I'll say, I try, I will try to get it done. I didn't promise I'd get it done. So that was my defense. And that's why I kind of like eased up on me. He's like, all right, he said he promised to try and get, he said he'd try. And when you look through the work reports that we have for the night, there's a bunch of shit on there. So there's plenty to say, okay, so they were busy. So, yeah, no, my month has been not the greatest. I feel that, uh, that's for sure. So then, <laughs> yeah, so this past week, uh, I'm still dealing with the damn car not starting. So here I'm thinking, ugh. So just more and more just freaking just getting kicked in the nuts. Uh until yesterday, my ma gives me a call and is like, hey, uh, are you working right now? I was like, yes, I'm on night shift. Ma, thank you. What's up? Uh, oh, nothing. I uh, figured I'd drop something off for you. So I uh, I take a quick break, go outside, and I talk with my ma for a bit. And she had eaten. She went to go eat out with uh, one of my brothers. And they came to drop off some famous dates for me. I'm like, oh, that's nice. Thank you. And I don't. she didn't even need to tell me what's in it. I could smell it. Bread pudding, bro, is easily one of my favorite treats to eat. Oh, yeah. And bread pudding is the shit. I love it. I I try and make it as good as I can. I'm not a good cook. You know, I'm uh, what are, what are we, Gen Z, millennial, or millennials, I think. I don't remember what generation I am, but I can't cook for shit. I'm a, uh, when I'm I was a millennial, in, uh, 1994. Yeah, yeah, so I'm a millennial, too. So, uh... I got into a fight in high school as I was taking culinary. So they kicked me out of culinary to serve my suspension. And then after I came back, they're like, well, we can't, we're not going to have you back in this class. Take a different class. You know, the semester is still early enough for you to like catch up in a different class. And I'm thinking, what the shit? Let me learn culinary. I want to learn how to cook and all this other stuff. Like, I can cook other stuff, but it's nice to be able to, you know, make – it's nice to be able to have that skill set of, all right, I got X ingredients in the cabinet. What can I make? Instead of, all right, I'm going to make pasta. I'm going to make tuna. I'm going to make, like, very basic dishes and not – I know I have X, Y, and Z. I can make gourmet or something, like something simple. 
that you wouldn't think you'd be able to make. So I can't cook for shit. So I've been trying to get like the perfect bread pudding recipe so I can make it myself. But when my mom showed up with that famous Dave's bread pudding, that was like the breath of fresh air I needed. You know, that was the reprise. That was, oh man, that, you know what? I think I could survive until the end of the month now. That was great. It would have been better if it wasn't at the very end of the month. So I only got like two months, like two days left. But hey, you want to know what? These two days, boom, they're going to be even better. So, yeah, my month's been a bit of a kick in the nuts. But well, you know what hasn't been a kick in the nuts? That uh, to-do list definitely uh, has uh, given an update because that's basically what this uh, episode is more focused on is, or, you know, freaking hour plus in. Uh, from last episode, you guys have seen Hero and I have, or seen, quote unquote, you've heard the discussion between Hero and I attempting to, you know what I'm going to say better, I'm getting my shit together, right? Mm-hmm. Here's, let's hunker down, let's figure out how we can be more productive, how we can get more motivated and get more things done. We're going to strive for progress on our work and not perfection. So I filled out, uh, I'll have to show you later, Hero, but I filled out a lot of my list Ooh. in all the things that I wanted to do. Yeah, I, I still need to go through more of it just to add a lot more details because some of them, I believe, are still too vague from when you helped me put the original list together. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go through it more. I was able to fill out more of it. Some of them I wasn't able to fully you know, get done because obviously, you know, it, not an excuse. It's the reason. There's a difference. You know, work definitely, uh, work and uh, this month really not helping. So I was only able to get, I say, uh, three out of the five days of anything done. But luckily, out of those three days, I was able to get more and more. I feel like I was more productive in those three days than I was, you know, throughout the month. Admittedly, you know, it's not a good month to show progress. You know, if you're in the red, for the majority of the month, and the only good in the green for three days. I don't know. I, I wouldn't say it's a good month still. <laughs> but luckily, I was able to at least you know, plan more stuff out, get an idea going, and now, you know, put, have more controllable goals, like we were saying earlier in, in the show. So now, hopefully, uh, I, I can make this announcement. Every two months, I'll be able to fully produce a short story that you guys can read. Sit down, read, and definitely see uh, where I'm coming from. Where, hmm. all right, so now, like we said earlier, start it out from something really small that's going to grow into something crazy big that you didn't think it would start from, you know? Which, funny enough, that did, uh, it, it is technically how a lot of, you know, really big stuff happens. I'm trying to think how I can like word this with uh, better rhetoric, but all I could say is, you know, Apple started from someone's garage, you know, uh, the Nasuverse started with a group of four people needing to make a game just so they can get work somewhere else. Tsukihime mm-hmm. came out because people wanted to get more work and then Tsukihime exploded and then fate exploded. And now fate's the only damn thing people really give a shit about the franchise. <laughs> uh, mostly because of the gotcha, mostly because of the gotcha game. But, you know, um, the the witch and the midnight moon or something like that. One of the games finally, finally came out in English where and they put on the box like, oh, hey, from the create from uh, tight moon and yada yada. And it's like, why would they like no one in the States know who the fuck tight moon is? I don't even think they like put in the not the fate stuff on the back of the box. They're putting in Tsukihime and some of these other games. Yes, we're going to advertise the Nasuverse in English, but not bring up the fact that they are the ones that did fate. That, that is like 
boom, top tier marketing. The only thing people know these people, the only thing the average Joe playing their games would know about fate is not advertised on the box. Or at least it's not one of the main things you're advertising. You're putting other shit that's not in English on the back of this visual novel. It's hilarious. And I bring it up every time in the Jazz in the Jazz USA chat when someone's talking about that game. And they bring up like, oh, you know, the, I'm happy they're doing other stuff. And I'm like, yeah, no, I can't wait for this game to be forgotten because, you know, uh, Saberface over there is making too much bank. So you'd be surprised what starts small. You'd be surprised what this little idea goes into something that's crazy. And just to show how crazy things were. So because I was doing the Todoist stuff, uh, one of the things I ended up adding was organize your notes. And it was very vague. So uh, I needed to flesh that one out. Uh, luckily, uh, let, me actually, let me sign in to do this right now. Let me see if I could uh, yeah, see this Todoist. I don't know if it's saved or not. So I'm going to have to check and see. Ah, it didn't save. That's weird. But one of them was basically uh, organize my notes. Let me see if I could uh, share screen. There we go. Very professional, uh, very, very professional show, ladies and gentlemen. So I went through and actually added some more stuff. I, I need, I still need to go through and do the drawing fundamentals because, oh boy, if uh, you, you you did Todoist and then you know you put something vague as draw and learn the fundamentals. Oh boy, is that such a vague? and very broad thing to post that <laughs> like <what laughs> that needs to be like broken down what are you doing like what's your schedule look like what timeline are you working with yeah yeah like like so much of that it's like oh man like I, it was so intimidating to try and fill that out so i'm like i'm gonna leave that one for later but you know i got uh you know coding game dev and luckily i was able to flesh out the uh the writing one a little more uh uh, finish NaNoWriMo, do the short story. He was able to help me out with this one, you know. So let me go through, like, part of the process that uh, I want to go through because I know how I work. You know, earlier episode, we had pointed out, you know, know how you work. So, you know, write a, to write a short story. You basically need an idea. So I'm like, all right, let's brainstorm ideas. And then you need characters. So now you're going to do some character development. And then after you have your idea and your characters, you write. Crazy enough, right? So, you know, point A to point B to point C. Now we're on the C. Time to write. So I took an arbitrary number, you know, uh, I put like 75 K words. So I had to break it up so that way I could manage the word count, but then also get the short story done in a timely manner. So it's like, oh, right. A uh, hundred and a hundred. Uh, I believe the math was 120 words a day if I was going to write, you know, 75 K words in these two months. So that's way too minuscule for me. That's like a couple sentences. So the right X amount of words is just there to remind myself to do it. Mm -hmm. Now, with all that done, it's time to revise the current draft. You know, re crazy enough, because a lot of the writing is funny enough in the rewrite. So you go from like a C to a B, which is already a letter, which is that's a letter grade better. You know, when you're in school and you get a C and your professor tells you, hey, you can get a B if you do like X, Y, and Z, like two different things or things slightly worded better or a little better boom now you got that b and if you guys are taking you know if you guys really care about your gpa remember how good one b can change your uh gpa admittedly you know if you're taking more class then yeah it's not gonna change it so you know so too well but i mean hey the idea is there okay now i got one b if you can revise it again that's gonna be an a so you know a couple rereads couple rewrites couple this and couple that boom you have a worth level story now you got to send it to a beta reader 
and uh, make sure that they like it because you need to understand you're writing this for other people. You got to write it because other people are going to write it or read it. So get it to your beta readers and then do it again. Revise current draft, which is in the notes, luckily, for that. So each little tab has like a description that you can do. Mm-hmm. So you can add task, a description, add a subtask to your subtask. You know, you can make that, uh, yeah, that you can overplay make it joke. Infinitely Subta- deep if you want to. Yeah, 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 yeah. Freaking uh, subtask, uh, subtask, uh, in, uh, subtask conception. And <laughs> I'm thinking, all right, so I'm just going to have surface level stuff for now. Let's try and at least get going on this. So, you know, goes, all right, give to the beta readers and then revise again. And then after you revised however many times, all right, I think this is good. I'm going to publish it. So unfortunately for me, I'm, you know, this week hasn't been uh, good. So I haven't been able to put this. It literally says reminder for website list. <laughs> if whenever you, uh, whenever you're reading something or like uh, in uh, or playing a video game and it's like uh, insert texture here or bug happened because they didn't put the, put the thing there. It's hilarious. You know, it's like, oops, it looks like this is really unfinished because someone forgot to put the thing here. <laughs> uh there's a there's, i remember that um there's a digital doujinshi company that i follow and mm. i bought some of the doujinshi from artists that i really enjoy and in the back in the credits list they clearly didn't qa it enough because in the artist slot it says artist name here and i'm thinking oh my god someone forgot to edit this <laughs> like it's literally just like uh, uh i don't remember what the tags were for the thing but you know, it's the uh, I'm looking at the comp, uh, the credits, and you know the I think the artist had artist name here, and then I think uh, QA person here for the uh, quality assurance. So there's two slots that just weren't put there, correct? That just weren't done, and then obviously the other credits looks like you could have just Control C, Control V from another Dojinshi that they do. So the credits page clearly was unfinished. And that uh, putting put website lists here kind of reminded me of that. <laughs> so luckily now I'm gathering my thoughts together. And the more I gather my thoughts, which I got to have to, I'm going to have to put a little, you know, I'm going to do that right now, live on the show. Gather, gather. That's nice. I got to move the, move your mouse. Gather, research. You know, I gather materials. Boom. It's vague, but then you click on it and then boom, you add all the subtasks for what that means. So I was able to go back and gather all the stuff that I have because there's some ideas. Oh, hey, crazy enough. I wrote it down. So now I have that idea still. So I'm checking out all these notebooks that I have with the stuff and I'm getting more ideas from the older stuff that I write. Admittedly, a lot of it's bad, but, you know, I got like three notebooks worth of stuff that I have from high school when I'm just doodling or like trying to do basic short stories. Like, I mean, short stories as in here's two pages on a loose leaf piece of paper that had, oh, I'm writing for a bit. And it's more like, <laughs> hey, Hero, you know what I was doing? I was uh, I was sending in this short story, a one-shot, if you will, and it was mm-hmm. more like a scene and not a legitimate beginning, middle, and end. Yes. I and got, oh now my that God, I'm flashbacks. more... Ex- <laughs> yeah, right. And instead of, you know, doing that, I realized, you know, now that... um, I had to learn this on my own, but, you know, some people, you know, get told this. A story has a beginning, middle, and end. And if it's going to be a one shot slash short story, whatever, you know, nomenclature you decide to use or uh, for this story, 
you, you got to have it be finished. You know, there can be ideas that are just left to the wayside, but if the core story is done, it's still a finished short story, one shot, so on and so forth. Yeah, it's like uh, uh, finished is like uh -huh. wrapping the main plot. Like you can have side plots, characters, whatever concepts or ideas. You don't have to answer any of those things. The finished idea comes from you present a problem or a question in the beginning. That problem or question is answered in the end. Like that's that's your complete story. Yeah, like uh, I remember one of the short stories. I remember, like as an example, uh, I was looking this up. One of the shorts that I was uh, reading in order to, you know, figure this out and learn about this this is like a short uh, this was a uh, just so the main plot was about this guy who's uh having trouble with something and it's the same deal i didn't really like it because it didn't really go anywhere and there was a lot of characters in uh, it was probably an example of a bad one i don't you know it wasn't uh it was on a reddit uh or not, it was uh it was in a subreddit for writers and stuff so it was probably just uh i got a bad short story maybe but there were all these other characters that were introduced and they're bringing up stuff that clearly this short story is supposed to be a part of like a larger narrative. But instead of making it a book, he made it a short story. Uh, so there are characters that talk about stuff that happened in the past, but it's not really explained that much. I did get the feeling that, OK, so these people do have history. Something did happen. And now this character is like this. So now the main character is trying to, you know, just kind of meander through life now, just uh, for whatever incident happened, I think someone either died or uh, because or he's a survivor of an incident. So now, you know, he has survivor's guilt or this person that uh, was close to him is now gone or it, there was a lot of different ways to interpret like this person being sad because a lot of the uh, descriptions in the short made it seem uh, made it seem like, all right, so he's going through grief right now. Why is he going through grief? And a lot of just side plot stuff was just gone or, but then this guy learns to better himself and live on for the sake of, you know, the person that's gone now. So whether or not, you know, Oh, uh, I had to bury a family member, a loved one, or I'm a survivor of something, because that's the thing I was getting conflicting notes because or I was getting confl conflicting feelings because one character would say one thing that would lead me to say, all right, uh, past loved one is now gone to this other guy is saying something but it's more along the lines of oh there might have been a car like i'm thinking oh so was there like a car crash or something or was there an accident and now he was with this person and now uh you know he survived so now he has survivor's guilt instead and it it was a little confusing obviously that's what happens when you know you're reading stuff from a subreddit dedicated to this you're not going to get like professional level whatever right but it did help me see that yeah no if you're doing a short just because it's called a short doesn't mean you don't finish it or that it's finished when you know you're done writing it's finished when you got your main core idea written out you don't have to expand on it you're not the you're introducing all this other stuff but so long as your core short is trying to be told I think it's fine. And you, you can you give uh, an example of this? I'm like, can you All like right, so, if we think about it? Yeah, like what's a core idea or whatever? How would you present it, and so, then how would you wrap it up? So one thing that I saw because I'm reading uh, Fighters of Fear still, uh, and one of the short stories is about uh, I'll bring up the monkey one again. So this core idea of so in these thirty pages, it's a fairly whatever short story in these 30 pages you meet the main character and then you meet who the person who's being haunted or the person of the week 
you know, this, this, or I should say the case is now about this person. So now you meet this person and now you learn about the case and now it's his investigation throughout the case. He's doing research. He's meeting this person. He goes to his house and, you know, they're in they're, uh They're bonding. They're trying to see what they can do in order to, you know, fear him or stop whatever's haunting him. And it turns out it's this monkey that's giving, that's making him wanting to do a bunch of bad stuff. So it goes on and on about them trying to figure out like, oh, you can clearly tell this guy is going mad with this because the monkey will show up for like one week and then he's just gone. And then he thinks, oh, I'm happy and I don't have to deal with it anymore. And then it just shows up at the worst time. So now it's building and building and building. You're establishing what's going on with this man's case because the core of this short story is him investigating this person that's being haunted by this monkey spirit thing and how can i cure him Mm -hmm. how can i exercise it how can i get rid of the monkey you have a problem and then you solve the problem yeah so at the beginning of the short you meet you know this woman who's hosting this party and he's talking about his case because he's a doctor too he's a uh, a cult detective who's also a doctor but he doesn't really uh you're not really interested in practicing medicine. He's just using the medicine knowledge that he knows to help solve these cases. So he's thinking it might be something else. Like it's not really a uh, supernatural thing that's haunting him. I think it might be like a medical thing that's bothering him. But then, you know, there's also the narrative in that part where he's arguing against it, where what if there's, you know, the other world is causing these uh, delusions in your mind. So now you are actually being haunted by something, but it's just, you're interacting with that world too much. And the core narrative of the short story is this case. This case being this, uh, I believe he's a priest or a pastor. I, I can't remember. The I'm not going to lie. I got tongue twisted basically as I'm reading the prose through this because it's a lot and it's old. And I'm sorry, I'm not the best reader still. So <laughs> uh, I'm already butchering some of the details of the story. But the main core is this case, dude's haunted by a monkey. Now, you go from meet the guy, get some evidence, get some data, talk to him more, figure out what we can do. He leaves. Unfortunately, the person being haunted does not survive the case. And then he takes note. And then the doctor, the main character, takes notes, tries and figures out, all right, I'm going to be better next time. So that way this doesn't happen again. So the core narrative is this case. There are other things introduced to it, too. Like, oh, uh, this dude wrote a bunch of books. He also uh, has a bunch of medical letters that he wrote. There's, like, hints to him knowing about a lot of the occult. But that's, you know, not what the core story is about. The core story is his interactions with this uh, uh, character who's being haunted. So if you end up saying, like, all right, so let's say your one shot is a shonen battle manga. And what you end up giving is a 10-page scene. Like, okay, so... I, I'm standing on a roof and then I turn around and I see, oh no, it's a, it's one of the monsters of the week that I got to fight. And then I fight them for like two pages. And then after those two pages are done, I was like, oh boy. And then randomly someone behind you is being introduced as like, oh, I'm your mentor that betrayed you and yada yada. And then they fight and then it just kind of ends. It, it, it's not really a short story or a one shot. You're presenting a scene that would be given to you in an actual issue or a one shot. That, that's you're only giving yourself a part of it that's not a short it's not complete you're giving a scene a scene for my example would be he goes to this library where this person's being haunted and he goes through his library and that's where it's established that oh so this person's also going through a bunch of medical stuff but then he sees there's books in the occult 
uh, you know, reading past that and now knowing it looks like this pastor was trying to cure himself is what I ended up getting. Or he may or may not have read these books and done something with those books to accidentally cause himself to be haunted by this monkey. It doesn't it's not really elaborated on. But, you know, there's a point there. There's a scene. That's a scene that it doesn't go anywhere because, unfortunately, he doesn't survive. But that's a part of the story that admittedly you can maybe cut and the core is still there. It's going to be a little choppy, but the core narrative is still there. Whereas the scene that I gave with like the one shot, you're only presenting like a fight, introduce characters, and then boom, you're, you're given an idea of what the series could be. Yeah. But it's not a complete one shot. It's not a, it's, you're not telling a story. story. You're just telling an event that happens essentially is like the difference here. Right. Yeah. And it's like the difference so, between like a, a, a movie about a news event and a report on the news event, right? It's like, yeah. you know, we catch up with the suspect today, blah, 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 blah. He's taken hostages, but then you watch the movie version and then you get like his backstory where it's like, oh, he was a loving father, but he's been driven into madness because of this traumatic event. And now he's taking his frustration out on a school bus full of children, you know, whatever. Like you, there's completely different context here. And, um, so like when you're when you're making a, a one shot, regardless of how short it is, granted, there is a bottom limit. I don't know why people keep making people do one shots in five pages. You can't or, do that. Oh, <laughs> like, man, you're being le you're being super lenient by getting 10 pages. Yes. People, oh my God. Even, ex oh. even even experienced mangaka, even experienced veterans in the comic book medium as a whole, whether it be Western, Eastern, fucking space comics, I, everywhere. Doing a story in a single page, sure, you can do it, but you kind of need the experience to understand how to do it. There's a, um, a Marvel put out, like, Marvel Comics 1000, and it was just full of one-page stories, and they were super mega basic. There's a Spider-Man story in which she saves someone, and then she's like, and she saves a pregnant woman, and then the pregnant woman's like, "Oh man, uh, thank you, you saved me, my child. You want to? I'm gonna do you something. I'm gonna do you a favor. Uh, I want to name my child after you. What's your name? Just your first name." And Spider-Man gives the name Ben in, in honor of Uncle Ben, and you see, you know, this woman go off, and then she names the child Ben. It's super simple, super short. It's a one-page story, sure. And then you have crappy uh, one-page stories like the one Mark Wade did where it's Captain America and he's giving you know this speech about how America's fallen and yada yada. And it's clearly just a uh, very, very, very mean-spirited thing on America that he just decided to insert himself instead of Captain America. But that's besides the point. You, are, you have mangaka that can tell a, one, a single scene and make it a, it's a story, but they have years of experience to do this. If you're a new guy, if you're just brand new, try, like like me, and you're writing this stuff, I have shorts, the quote unquote short stories that are just, um, oh, this guy is trying to survive a uh, zombie apocalypse. So it's it's if you have your notebook paper, right, your spiral notebook, your eight by eleven, I believe that's the dimensions. I might be wrong. Uh, you have one page front and back, and then a little bit on the third page. So you have two, and let's be generous, two and a quarter pages worth of written stuff. It's just this dude trying to survive and like some zombie apocalypse things like, oh, uh, I'm running away. I only have, you know, I check my magazine. I, or yeah, I check my magazine. I only have, you know, so many bullets and yada, yada. And the virus had spread and whatever. Like it, it's just a scene. You know, this is like the beginning of a movie type deal. 
where you know I'm I'm establishing whatever, and I end it. That's not a, that, that's a scene. You're not telling a story. There was um uh because of NaNoWriMo, uh, because of high school, I was you know talking with another guy that wanted to be a writer. So what we would do is we'd have challenges, like monthly challenges. We'd all write a story. And the thing that I gave him was this story about like okay, so it's called the New Gods. So basically, these gods from another dimension came to our world, and now uh, old folklore heroes need to reemerge to combat these new gods that are trying to invade our world. So now they want to have they want to be worshipped in our world, and now they're you know they're already worshipped as gods in their world. So now they want more followers and worshippers by coming into our world invading. So you have oh. Because uh, it was very Justice League-esque, too, where it's like, oh, so these ancient folk heroes are coming back. So there's this dude that found a bow, and now he's Sagittarius. Uh, Savitar, you know, is the god of motion and stuff. So, uh, And also, you know, a villain in DC Universe. So, oh, hey, no, I got a speedster now because of Savitar. But he's the actual person being possessed by that god. So, uh, or you have um, a reincarnated Ku Kulin from uh, Irish mythology. You know, using a spear. Uh, a hammer had fallen, and now uh, I picked up the hammer. So now the person who had reincarnated, because, you know, uh, in uh, uh, Nordic mythology, uh, Ragnarok happens again and again. It's a cycle. So now during this cycle, the person who was reincar reincarnated as the current Thor picks up the hammer. Because, crazy enough, the whole you need to be worthy to pick up the hammer thing, that's a Marvel thing exclusively. Thor's hammer is just really heavy. That's it. He has to wear a special belt in order to, like, make sure that he can lift it without needing to really struggle as much. I mean, he's already beefy strong, but that belt makes him double strong. So he can just pick up the hammer because it's just really heavy and he's super strong. And I'm all, and the, the quote unquote story ends with the main character talking about what's going on and him saying, I found this bow and I realize I'm the reincarnation of Sagittarius in this uh, in this era. So now it's up to us to fight back against these gods. The opening narration that you normally see in like a movie or a book to set the stage is what I gave him as a complete short story. I gave you more information on the damn short story now, like X amount of years later, because I gave it more thought. And I was able to elaborate more on like some ideas. The whole, oh, they, the, uh, the new gods want more worshippers. That's why they're invading. I just pulled that out of my ass right now. And that wasn't in the short story. I'm looking over my notes for this thing. And I gave him a, a text scroll. That's not a, that's not a short story. That's an introduction. That's the thing you put on the back of a book. Yeah. Maybe. If it's written better. Which it wasn't. Mm -hmm. So, uh, so we'll see how this first short happens. I'm going to, uh, there's a uh, there's Wattpad, Buzzsprout, uh, Honeyfeed, I believe. Hopefully, I don't accidentally name off a porn website by accident because a lot of these writing uh, uh, websites have suspiciously close names to other websites that I really don't want to accidentally say on the chat. And then it's like, oh hey, I want to go to this site, and then you're getting uh, you're watching videos of uh, two people going at it. <laughs> so I'm going to make sure I put the actual list of places where uh, when this is getting edited, I'll make sure to add in in the show notes, like the different places that I'm going to post uh, my short. So hopefully from today onward, the new uh, short that I decided to start working on is ready to go. 
going to use this month to plan out everything, get uh, my materials going, have a decent, make sure it's decently thought out, and then write it, then give it to reread it, and then rewrite it, and then give it to the beta readers, rewrite it again, and then boom, publish it, and then we'll, you know, you'll, uh, you'll guys see how much uh, learning and growing I'll need to do. <laughs> so hopefully, hopefully I don't disappoint. I'm going to, but you know. Uh, hopefully it's something that I can say thank you for your time, thank you for reading, and we'll go from there. Hopefully, uh, but if, if I still have the same issues in the eighth story that I have in the first story, then you know that's a bit of a problem. You know, oh, boy. What do you what do you think, Hero? About what specifically? Uh, just in general. I don't know. Just in general, like I feel awkward now because we're just quiet. <laughs> <laughs> No, I think you said everything. It was, it was, no, it was good. It was, uh, everything was correct. It was right. Um, I don't know. I don't know. What's the next topic? <laughs> right, right. I think no, cause today was basically going to be, uh, you know, me catching up and showing that, yeah, I, I've made a lot of progress uh, just being able to write stuff down, make sure I have a game plan. Like to do is actually, you know, I got to set it up a little better because it just reminds me of the three things that I got for the day. So, uh, you know, the inbox or no, today I got oh, reading before bed, edit podcast episodes, practice to code, right? Like the writing a short story, the Sunday shopping and the mm -hmm. word count is what I have for today. But the way I have it marked out is, uh, you know, oh, if I can read, you know, because it's in blue and then the red ones are I need to do. And then the shoppings, if, if I can get to it, well, you did edit so, a podcast episode. So you did do that. Yeah. Yeah. That one I was able to do. So, oh, wow. I didn't even know uh, this is the first time I actually had audio on because whenever I I like having my audio off, like I, I lower the volume on my uh, little speaker on mm -hmm. my laptop. This is the first time I heard that little click, like the little sound that it makes whenever you actually complete a task. It sounds uh, like a click, like a little slick. So, yeah, no, I think writing your stuff down and getting a game plan and organizing yourself. Not, not really if you I'm not saying uh plan every single second of your day but i think being able to you know organize it all and get it on a calendar or something like that like to do list, I, I think it can help you guys because it's definitely helped me and uh i'm not gonna lie if i didn't have to do i probably wouldn't uh be editing these episodes in a timely manner you know <laughs> so oh man i'm gonna have to put on the to do list learn to edit better <laughs> for the podcast <laughs> because uh the audio, I promise, will get better. It'll. Uh, I'm working on it. It's definitely going to improve. Just, uh, um, man, you got to level with the by episode. Uh, by episode, whatever, we'll uh, be top tier professional. I already. But, uh, I make no. Pro <laughs> I make no promises. I, I make no promises, but <laughs> but. We'll see how things go. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, I don't know. I got I was listening to the podcast you were editing earlier today and it was like, you know, reflecting on all the things that we talked about in the past about like what we're working on throughout the year and stuff like that. And I have made some progress. Yeah. Uh, my priorities have changed a bit because I'm trying mm -hmm. to move at the end of the year. And so my first priority right. right now is like money. So I've been chasing after money things also did not foresee this, but the animation industry is in a very big slump right now. So they're not hiring anybody. So the right. only way for me to get hired is to make like my storyboard portfolio, basically indisputable. But in order to do that, I have to spend a bunch of time working on things that aren't going to get me paid. So 
it's like a big trade-off that I can't do, which is why I'm prioritizing anime right now, anime work, because I can work on that, I can get paid, I can train all of the skills, like all my regular animation skills, and then in my contest entry that I'm doing for Tetesk by Katakawa, uh, I can train some of my storyboarding skills in that, I can train some of them in doing the uh, additional chapters for my manga so I can get that volume done by the end of the year, um, all of these things uh, that I had promised myself in episode zero that we're going to try and take care of by the end of the year. And I'm making fantastic progress in those areas. Um, I'm about a third of the way through chapter four. Um, there's just a lot of it that's kind of like missing contextually and just not as good as I wanted to. So I just like I've been slowly chipping away at it, trying to correct it and make it better and improve upon it so that I can uh, draw it and have fun. Uh, with it and stuff like that and just kind of make it make sense um right but first i'm doing the to uh beta chip webtoon thing if i can turn that in that's about halfway done so i can do that first do that then continue doing the manga chapters and in the meantime work my part-time job and on anime and try and save money as i continue to pay rent for my car and stuff like that so it's a it's nice to be able to touch back and remind yourself like what your goals were for the year Right. As you as you slowly change trajectory and priority. Yeah, I mean that that's to to doist, and these episodes are definitely something that's a nice reminder to you know, boom. This is what I wanted to do. This is what I said I wanted to do. Am I doing it? And even if it's you know the pace is slowed down and the priorities are slightly different, you're still making some progress. Admittedly, you know I've been in a you know I've said before I'm in a slump this month. But, you know, I did, I got three okay days. Uh, now, thankfully, I got some uh, artwork back from uh, a friend of mine. And just to show how much progress I made, you know, without really knowing, without really realizing it, originally I started the year with one character, really. One character with a character Bible and a design. Uh, in previous uh, episodes, I had mentioned her. Now... I'm at eight. Mind you, not everyone has a character design, but they do have a character Bible, some stuff that I wanted to have done for her, like uh, character Bible being, you know, her name, race, age, gender, yada, yada, all the stuff that you, all the basic stuff first. Then you have, you know, her Meyer Briggs. I like having the Meyer Briggs. It's not really, you know, it's like an anime when they give you like a blood type. When you're supposed to like, what what does that mean? It's like, oh well, blood type X is it's like usually fortune telling in a way. It yeah, helps yeah, yeah. define the like, character's traits. Yeah. Whereas Meyer Briggs is more closer to the personality type itself, instead of you know saying like, oh well, O types are usually this, and uh, A B types are usually that. And I'm like, eh, that's a nice little factoid you can post in it. But if you I think the Meyer Briggs, even the Meyer Briggs thing is still very, you know, just because you're this personality type doesn't necessarily mean you are 100 percent everything in this. It's just helping influence where you want to go. So just because you're um, just because they give you, oh, you're an architect doesn't necessarily mean you're. Uh, everything this damn thing says, it's not a copy, it's not a control Z, control V, boom, that's the character, it's, this is a framework you can work with, like, oh, usually this personality type doesn't, uh, doesn't interact with people that well, but then you make the character very social and want to, you know, show off to them to get approval or acknowledgement for their work, but then everything else in the personality type 
fit except for that one part guess what things are you know you can bend the things a little bit guys it's not a uh tried and true you're you're stuck like this you you're uh <laughs> you can't change from the default factory label stuff you know the you're breaking protocol by changing something mm-hmm. it's just a it's a template you know and with templates you can change them just like how people are you know if this is d and d and your alignment is one thing that doesn't mean you can't suddenly do another thing in a different alignment just because uh you know you're always forced to do that people you know react differently to different situations of course you should so, be mindful of how characters should and should yeah, yeah of course right like it's within you know. so like if you want character like uh we'll say edward elric from fullman alchemist who traditionally yeah. would never kill anybody because he's traumatized by death and blah 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 but you need him to kill a particular character you have to give him substantial motivation and just cause in order to fulfill this and still have him be able to like justify to himself this type of character trait and then live with that consequence beyond that because that will be a character changing moment which will define him from the future right he can't like uh tout all this stuff about like not killing people kill a dude and then go back to what he was doing because that just makes him a hypocrite right yeah and, so, Which, and then people are like, can... well, then now he's a liar and I don't like this character because he's I not like that. So it's unsympathetic. To be fair, there are some characters that do that and that can be an inherent character flaw on them that they are a hypocrite. So, you know, there there is some wiggle room here. It's, it's just how you present it. So uh, there's a lot of flawed characters that show up in some of these pulp like in um, a lot of old school uh, noir stuff. It's mostly about very flawed individuals. And it's how these very flawed individuals somehow in this really fucked up world still have a sense of morality. Because that's the thing. People are like, oh, you know, old school noir and whatever is about, you know, gray morality. And it's like, no, it's not about gray morality. It's your main character is the only one that has a sense of morals in this really, really fucked up world. Right. You know, there's um, there's one I, I need to look it up again. But there's this one I was watching p- pieces of. I didn't get a chance to finish it because I fell asleep where there's this guy who's an insurance salesman. And obviously, you know, it's an insurance salesman in a pulp in a noir movie. So, you know, he's scamming all these people, getting the insurance money and, you know, making bank off these people. And, you know, he's only doing he's doing it to get by. And then he meets, you know, someone that's scamming him. So now he needs to try and go through all this junk just to try and, you know, get out of this scam. And, you know, now at the end of the day, he ends up learning a lesson. I think I haven't obviously I didn't finish it, but I'd like to think that's what happens. It's either he learned a lesson and now he's going to try and be better or he ends up dying in the process. Cause that's usually what it is. Mm. Funny enough. Uh, a lot of, uh, noir movies didn't star a detective, like a private investigator and such. Mm. Most of them are just, um, like average Joe's, or, you know, other kind of like uh, regular jobs, like an insurance salesman for one or a banker or like a mailman. There are very few uh, noir flicks that star a private investigator or detective. I just it, it, it just caught on that when you see noir, you have this uh, detective. I mean, uh, hard bo- the uh, hard boiled and noir are two separate things, too. You know, but this is just uh, that's getting into all this other stuff. We're already uh, we're already it's already a long episode as it is. I don't need to go on another tangent. <laughs> uh, I'll make that a I'll make that an idea because I definitely want to learn more about that. I'm very uh, 
curious about the old school world of uh, the pulp era and, uh, you know, this noir era. It's definitely an aesthetic I like because uh, Frank Miller applied that to Daredevil. And because of that, now we have, you know, the if you liked the Netflix TV show of Daredevil and then hopefully Born Again is good, as good as the comic is. Uh, you'll like Frank Miller's run on Daredevil because because of Frank Miller, he ended up turning Daredevil into this swashbuckling, uh, smiling, and uh, quipping hero into a uh, pulp noir character. Mm. You know, very dark, introduced the hand, stick, Electra. There was a lot that he changed for Daredevil, and obviously it's for the better. So now I have these list of characters who originally was just one, and then... Later, I'm thinking, okay, well, technically it's two because she has a pet crow. Now, at first, you know, I'm like, all right, well, let's do that. And then I'm thinking, I want a fox girl. So, bug a friend. We're getting things going. I got a fox girl now. Yeah. And I'm I'm going down the list of characters that I have character Bibles for. I have seven. Now, I say I have eight characters because I'm working with another friend of mine to uh, get myself an Oni. I don't know, man. I've uh, if you've seen uh, reincarnated as a slime, I think you can agree with me. Yeah, I'm liking some onis. Big uh, and by oni, you know, it's the Japanese ogre with the horns and the usually presented as either a red one or a blue one with like a tiger pelt. And sometimes they have that like hammer thing covered in spikes. That, that's like the traditional whatever oni. But nowadays, you kind of just see it as anime waifu, but she has like the horns. Like, the, like, even then, it's, like, usually double horns, too. <laughs> so it's not even, like, like a, like, it's not even bone or whatever for horn. It's just, like, fucking double horns. <laughs> like, I see a lot of fan art, and, you know, it's tagged as Oni. And I'm like, but that's just, like, she's just like a demon girl, though. Like, an Oni horn has, like, a very specific curvature and look to it. Because it looks like it's actually made out of, um... I can't remember what bones are made out of, but that that's what the horn is. It's bone. Mm. So... I have to look that up. I feel dumb not remembering it because the bones are the same material as uh, your fingernails, I believe. It's just more hard. Yes. That's so, correct. so here I'm thinking, I want me an Oni because mm, mm, mm. if, 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 if Gliz Lane, excuse me, if Glane and uh, and Eris and a lot of the characters in how many, uh, how heavy are your dumbbells that you lift and. Uh, I believe it's Maki from uh, Fire Force. I'm trying to remember. Uh, it's been a while since I finished the manga, so I <laughs> the cast is completely out of my uh, mind right now. But it's uh, it's the buff witch with the with the abs and muscles that she only uh, she got strong because she didn't want to feel weak and all this other stuff. And then she got a little too strong, so now she could forget bench press a car and shit like that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Oh man. So yeah, I realized you want to. Oh, it's one of those characters. But then I also realized I want an Oni too because Zero Two was a uh, Zero Two was a fun character. Admittedly, with in a flawed show, but yeah, Zero Two is a fun character. All the characters are and, fun. And yeah, so what ends up happening is I go from one character to mind you, it's uh, we're technically in April still. So within the span of four months, I go from one to eight with with eight character concepts with seven of them having character Bibles and only two of them are from one series. The rest of them are dedicated to their own projects. Oh boy. I need to bring the ambition back a bit and then just work on some short stories for a bit. 
Luckily, I already fulfilled one of these uh, tasks in my write a short story thing. Brainstorm ideas and write a character. The brainstorm idea and write character thing, I literally have their ideas in their character Bible. So, boom, now I have eight short stories that I can work on and introduce to you guys. So, I look forward to everyone meeting them. I look forward to people getting excited for them. And hopefully, maybe... I. <laughs> shitty when i do this uh whenever i meet another whenever i make like, when i'm actually i'm close to a fr an artist friend of mine like we're actually shooting the shit hanging out and you know we can do, share secrets so we're not really worried about you know if we say something you'll be offended one thing i told uh sometimes i tell them is like i hope your character gets super big so that way ludes can be drawn of them and they always take it with like 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 they're happy to hear that it's like oh thanks man i appreciate like thank you like that's a compliment. All I realized, oh my god, that is such the <laughs> that is such the most cringiest thing to like tell them. <laughs> like, oh man, I hope your characters get big enough so that way I can read the dojins. Right. <laughs> oh, I mean, man. yeah. I mean, that's that's true though. I I, I hope uh I, I hope your characters get super popular to get fan art and stuff. And here I'm thinking uh I'm posting some of the commissions I get in another chat. And ever and uh, I uh, I got an, uh, some of them sometimes give you alts like oh um, I want my first character she has a jacket that she wears all the time so the artist gave me an alt with you know one with her jacket one without so I shared the one with the jacket first mm -hmm. and then I, I was playing a joke like oh it got hot out so she took off her jacket and then someone's like hey maybe she take off more clothes it's like no you're not gonna loot her she is pure and precious you are not doing that to my baby oh my gosh i could never <laughs> i never understood and i could never get to like that sort of relationship with my own characters of thinking them uh, uh, of them as real people there's, there's always been this disconnect in my life a separation from uh reality versus representation um uh -huh. you know which is like you know, if we go into like the discussion of like uh like dojins right this is always a big right. thing is like oh it's a representation of real people or blah 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 like but they're not real people and they never will be real people and nine times out of ten they don't even look like real people like they have these giant eyes and weird faces and stuff like that and there was a meme that came out recently I think we talked about this in a previous episode of like the yeah. anime characters not looking like people they look like cats you know yeah yeah Right. So like that, that so in true. my head has and always will persist. So I will never be able to relate to the people who are on the other side of the wall or like even yeah. even more so like beyond that people who can't see like who, who can't watch anything animated because they're they are convinced that it's for children. Like if they start watching hentai, for example, they're like, Oh my God, this is for kids. And that's how they feel about it. And they can't stop themselves from feeling that way. Even though it's very much not for kids. It's just the fact that it's animated. Dude, it's like, there a lot of the insane to me. <laughs> a lot of the OVAs that we're getting now from kitty media has to plaster a label on it. Absolutely not for kids. Yes. Like you're seeing like a, a bundle DVD of here's four episodes of whatever, or here's Angel Blade uh, and Angel Blade Punish. And on the freaking label, it's like absolutely not for children. Uh, speaking of that, dude, I, I recently uh, we were having a conversation in another chat. I felt so sad we never got another episode of Another Lady Innocent because that dude's art is so expensive to animate and get right that we only ever got the one episode. And they set up 
so well what was going to happen in the second episode, and we just never got it. And it's such a shame. I, I it was really cute. I really did like that uh, little little one the little one shot. I'm more of a I don't know. I guess I'm more of a vanilla guy. So we'll see where that goes. Admittedly, uh, having played more Venus Blood, I've awakened to a couple new fetishes that I'm mm-hmm. thinking. You know what? You know what? I'm wasn't my thing, but I can respect it. And the more and do, more I play, we should Venus do a Blood, tag tier list uh, next time. Right, a Nick tag tier in. list. Oh yeah. boy. Oh fuck. Are we actually gonna do this? Like, I, it, all right. Are we gonna do this? <laughs> like, okay. Like, so we will. We'll do it, but we have to defend it. We have to explain why. It's gotta be educational. Oh fuck. Okay. Um. All right. So we're gonna do half of the episode. Will be. You know. Here's how we'll do it. So that way we can get people excited and still keep it somewhat. You know, Joe to Pro teach people. Yes, we're going to do a story tag for like series that we personally enjoy and why we enjoy them and defend those tags and why we enjoy them. So we'll do it like, uh, oh, like uh, if we're going to do Battle Shonen, let's say we'll explain why. So we'll, we'll have to go through, you know, certain websites and get tags for certain series and explain and have those. So we'll have the safer work version. And then we'll have the uh, exclusive H game not safe tag, yeah, yeah. like uh, some some freaky H game stuff to see what's going on. <laughs> there you go. We'll do two of them. We'll do two episodes. Yeah, two different episodes. So look forward to the next two weeks. So <laughs> <laughs> uh, it'll be a coin. It'll be a coin flip to see which one we do first. So uh, look forward I to that. I think I already know which one we're doing first. <laughs> it's the one we're dude, more excited so, about <laughs> dude I, some of them i can think is how do i explain this it's just a, a feeling it's like moe you know what i mean you See, can't but that's what just, makes it so for me you, this has always been kind of a thing like i have to right and people fight me all the time on it um but i'm an adamant like a uh, adamant kind of scholar for uh people being able to back up the reasons that they like or dislike certain things right right when you have a stance you have to have a stance in my opinion um like for example i have a friend who absolutely hates cowboy bebop right and i've never heard this from anybody he's like who the fuck hates cowboy bebop she was like i saw part of the first episode and i hate it and i never want to watch it again and to this day she makes comparisons yeah to like i don't know what it is she hated she knew about the character ed has no context for the character uh, just hates the character the idea of it uh she hates the i guess the vibe of the part of the first episode so she's like i hate cowboy bebop i'm like you haven't even seen cowboy bebop you saw part of the first episode like that was it and a picture of ed like those are the two things you can go off yeah. of. and she's like if making commentary talk, yeah. of like things like the art style and like uh, you know whether or not the art style is ugly or whatever we were watching golden boy yesterday and she was talking uh-huh. about how the art style in golden boy in certain instances or no uh, uh, we were talking about how much she liked the art style in golden boy she absolutely yeah she liked it a lot more than i thought she would because uh, usually she's very against that kind of stuff uh, right, but, it's an older uh, '90s aesthetic yeah, type yeah, uh, animation. Exactly. So uh, I was like, "Oh yeah, yeah." So the art style in this is uh, the character designer had a lot of the same influences as the character designer for Cowboy Bebop. So there's a lot of the same yeah. visual language going on. Um, the most uh, obvious would be like in the female characters between the two series. Yeah. Um, and she was like, "No way," because I really like this art style. I don't like Cowboy Bebop. I'm like, "Oh my god." That's- 
like you haven't See? even seen it oh it's like so it's like when, it's a whole thing that you have to be able to defend why and she doesn't she can't tell me why i ask her all the time she can't tell me why she doesn't like cowboy bebop it's just that she doesn't like it and this goes on for a lot of other things as well but i've had people uh and some people like it like my friend matt i've done this as well where he'd be like oh i like this thing and then i get him to think more critically about why he likes this thing and one it unlocks like information about himself that he's able to learn and utilize and become a better person from so he likes that aspect of it and then also it allows him to appreciate the things he already likes but in a deeper more involved way and then he can defend it to other people in like if other people don't like this thing he can have a discussion with them and then be able like you know because a lot of the times when you're like oh i like this thing but i don't know why the discussion ends there there's nothing you can talk about there's no additive input right right you can't expand on this thing that you're passionate about it's like yeah i really like game of thrones oh really what do you like about it well the characters are pretty cool great let's talk about something right yeah right (laughs) conversation right there (laughs) exactly but when you know when you actually know like and i'm not saying that you have to have justifiable reasons why you like things but you should be able to understand why you like things and back them up in conversation like for example like if i say it's like oh i like uh magical girl shows because i think it gives me a good feeling when i watch them and uh the the ideals of friendship and like certain character representation whatever blah 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 uh gives me a positive feeling it makes me feel better about my particular life still makes me look kind of weird as a you know almost 30 year old man you know it's like my you know bronies (laughs) getting into my little pony and stuff like that it's like yeah it's weird but it makes sense because you were able to explain it effectively to me. Like this is not like, it's not a sexual thing for you. It's not a fantasy thing for you. It's just like, there's a part of you that needs to feel a certain way. And these types of shows, uh, do that for you. They, they give you that fulfillment so that you can become a better person. Man, Ultraman and like all of these tokusatsu shows are still watched by adults to this day because, you know, obviously the target demographic is kids, but it's supposed to be a family show. I'm never going to knock anyone for liking, you know, insert thing here because you still got people that will watch Cartoon Network and yada yada to relive their, you know, old days of, oh, I, I remember waking up in the morning and watching, you know, TV shows and yada yada. And, you know, a lot of these shows, like I'm never going to knock anyone for liking X show because it's targeted for a certain demographic. Teen Titans, famously. Warner Brothers, uh, and when they were making Teen Titans, they were, obviously, it's supposed to be a show predominantly for males, for young boys. And all of the marketing, all of the toys, all of the merchandise was for young boys. Now, crazy enough, the show caught on with young girls more than young boys. So they couldn't control who, what the target, they couldn't control who was watching the show. More young girls were watching Teen Titans than young boys. So they weren't making money on any of the merch because all of the damn merch were for boys. So they end up canceling the show and make Teen Titans go so that way everyone can enjoy the show. And then no one enjoys the show because it's a piece of crap. Mm-hmm. And we got Go instead of the original series. So much so we're getting the revival of the original series because Go Go was so bad. Oh, my goodness. Uh, you have um, you, f- to bring it back to your friend. I will obviously talk smack and give some criticism to things that I have seen and finished. 
but if yeah, I things have you not, understand, like the, yeah, that's things important. that I, <laughs> yeah. So you know, I'm gonna give crap to the Nasuverse and Fate as a whole and all and so on and so forth. But I'm a fan of I was I was a fan of the franchise. I have a Shikishi of Tamamo that I have on my shelf that I paid someone to give to draw for me at a convention because I like the art style. And come on, Tamamo, Tamamo, Mofu Mofu Army for life, boys. Freaking touch the fluffy tail okay yeah so i i was in the game i i was in that franchise i know what i'm talking about for you know the nasuverse fate and so on and so forth i'm not gonna get the uh all of the crazy details that's going on in fgo because it's a gotcha game and there's just so much bullshit to go through and oh my god there was a video i saw uh, with someone watching, trying to like doing a weekly uh, recap of Apocrypha, and they end up dropping it because when Apocrypha was airing, Made in Abyss was also airing. So these guys were watching, or it, it might have been slightly off because Apocrypha was a 24 episode show and Made in Abyss was 12. So yeah. it might have been slightly, I don't remember how, like, it was the same season. I think Made in Abyss was ending, and I, I don't remember. So what year was it? They end up. Uh, I can't remember. This was a while ago. Okay, well, uh, Maiden Abyss came out in 2014. That's when that aired. And you're talking about Fate Apocrypha, okay. right? Yeah. And so the uh, anime Apocry adaptation. Yeah, the anime adaptation for Fate Apocrypha came out. I want to say immediately after, like the following season, to Maiden Abyss. Okay. So they go back instead of doing that. Uh, instead of continuing with Apocrypha, they go to Maiden Abyss. The reason was because. They were getting some of the lore details wrong because they only got three episodes in and they didn't like the show. Admittedly, the adaptation of Apocrypha was pretty eh. It was and Apocrypha garbage, was bro. Oh. And unfortunately, I'm not going to say much on the Apocrypha, uh, the source material, because that's not in English. Thank you, Type Moon, by the way. Uh, we only have the adaptations to go on over here on the Western side. And that's not a good uh, first impression that a lot of people have for that material. Admittedly, Mordred is the best. Mordred's the best saber. D fucking, that's the only quote-unquote saber face I will tolerate. D d hashtag Mordred did nothing wrong. Fuck Artoria. <laughs> anyway, yeah, hashtag Mordred did nothing wrong. Fuck Artoria. And not in the not in the literal sense, because that's what everybody in the fucking fandom wants to do. Literal, um, uh, figurative sense. Did they do sense. that in the... Uh... In the, yeah, in the original fucking yeah. yeah, in the original game you would. <laughs> That's the best part. In a wedding no, dress uh, and everything. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. In the figurative sense. In the disgusted with the character sense. Forget that character. Mordred best. Now everyone in the comment sections were ragging on these guys because they were getting the lore details wrong and so on and so forth. And the they did like uh the three episode uh they did three episodes and then they did a epilogue to the Apocrypha stuff, like their quote-unquote fourth episode, basically saying, I think we're going to drop this show and go to Made in Abyss because not even the fandom can uh, definitively give us what the lore is because some people are saying it's this. And then two comments down, it's contradicting that because it's actually that and so on and so forth. And, oh, you, uh, they weren't even talking about Apocrypha either. They were talking about things they got wrong in Stay Night. And Stay Night famously also didn't get... It wasn't until UFO Table adapted it that it got a more... I guess Rip baseball Studio adaptation because <laughs> yeah, Studio Dean did what they could. You know, I I know it gets a lot of crap, but I 
I watched the original Stay Night show. It was okay. I watched the Unlimited Blade Works movie. It was okay. I enjoyed it for what it was. Yeah, I was really and confused when the original Unlimited Blade Works movie because I'm like, this doesn't look like Unlimited Blade Works. Yeah, like, but right. then I like, but it was still like really good quality. So it was like close, but not yeah. there. And I was like, huh, I yeah. wonder why. And then I found out later, Studio Dean did that one. I was like, oh, okay. Right. And then they got an actual Unlimited Blade Works series. And then there's so much to uh, It's a mess. And then, so uh, yeah, that blew it, up and they got the rest of it. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, they left, you know, Apocrypha because not even the fandom could get some of these details right. And I don't blame them. Because we don't have the original source material, and the game has a pretty badly translated uh, patch. So, hey, you know what? If you want people to understand, you know, it's easier, funny enough, to get into Marvel and DC Comics than it is to go into the Nasuverse. And that's purely because at least that stuff's available, and you can realistically follow it. Okay, yeah. I know there's gonna be people that there's are gonna argue so. Yeah, there is. I mean, obviously, some people are just going to give me, well, all you really need to do is play, you know, FGO because you don't need to, you know, understand X, Y, and Z about these characters and whatever. And it's like, yeah, sure. But you also kind of need to, there's character relationships that were established outside of that game and only kind of covered in the game. You get the results of that relationship, but not why that happened. You see Artoria treating Mordred like shit. But then if you don't read through all of this stuff, mind you, you need to pulled the characters in order to get their profiles so mind you artoria and mordred are five stars if you don't get those characters you're not going to understand why they have that relationship when they're in the events because they show up in events they are characters that you pull that are in storylines so if you don't pull their characters you don't know why you know more is treating mordred like shit and depending on the character profile and how you know filled out it is they don't mention other stuff as well so you know, you need to read their source material to fully understand what the hell's going on. You know, you get very uh, there's conflicting because uh, obviously this is on the Ian side. If Mordred is the birth child, if she was a homunculus, like there's so many different takes on who what Mordred is that I'm thinking, what the what does it say on the wiki page? Because I can't even trust people that know the franchise to tell me how Mordred came out. So yeah, no, I can completely understand people. Uh, not liking something because they're into something. But if you're, you know, saying, oh, I don't like X because I've only seen like two minutes of it. That's not enough of a, that's not enough of, that's not enough exposure to the thing you're talking about to really get an opinion on, you know? Yeah. Cowboy Bebop has very good pacing for It's not for you, right? But you can't say that it's bad because you haven't seen it. Like that's the difference. And that's the worst part too. Cowboy Bebop is probably one of the, best first episodes that really sets the stage as to what the rest of the show is going to be about i mean yeah you have some wacky episodes like that one guy that's uh that that's running a cult and yes. it's a tv and you remember that episode just down. yeah that was yeah, another yeah, yeah. Wild one. like like it's a very episodic show but the first episode really establishes what you're going through what the whole show is about and every episode has a beginning middle and end and it was you're able to get full character arcs and backstories and it doesn't feel rushed in a single episode. Cowboy Bebop is a really put together show. Uh, I know I some people. Who, uh, uh, wh- I have mm-hmm. another friend who watched it and he told me he didn't like it. And I was like, why? And he was like, well, when I watched it, I was like in this mind because he watched it when he was a kid and he had been watching yeah. a lot of like other like 90s anime at the time. That's what he grew up on. And everything was like a very cut and dry fantasy formula. 
uh, it had a beginning, it had a middle, it had an end. Cowboy Bebop wasn't like any of those things. Um, and he he went into it for some reason, expecting it to be like a linear story, which I get because when I watched it, I already like understood what I was getting into. So I had a very different experience to that. But if I went into a show expecting it to be one thing and it was something else, I probably would have had a negative experience as well. So that's completely understandable. But he like after talking to him about it and explaining to him, it's like, oh, yeah, it's this anthology show that's supposed to be representative of this specific time and these specific film genres and stuff like that. And it's like, you know, really well renowned and stuff like that and he's like maybe i'll give it another chance and so i'm i'm hoping that he does um pretty soon but yeah it was just one of those things where he had just like a a bad introduction to it because he had certain expectations and none of those were met right oh man uh <laughs> but i have to put a I'll put in it I'll, I'll put a pin in it again uh serialized versus episodic uh storytelling because that is something i definitely want to get into because it, it there it is you can either lose a lot of your audience or gain a lot of audience, depending on which, uh, which you end up going with. Uh, yeah. And it's that. all depending on well, it, it, it's uh, what it is, is you have to give people what they expect or prime them to expect these types of things. Right. Uh, yeah. Like because... shampoo. Oh yeah. No, oh. Uh, now that I think about it, Bebop does have a narrative. There is a story with it. It's just in the last parts of the uh, series. Yeah, it's only certain episodes that are like, you know, they drive through and, you know, whatever. Because a lot of the episodes, it's just like, you know, how do these characters handle this type of thing? It's very... it's Western influenced, which is partly why they do it in an episodic way. The other way is because, like, Mm -hmm. the musical motif being a Bebop. Yeah. And stuff like that. But uh, it's... uh, A lot of it you when you think about like losing an audience it's realistically you're changing an audience right because people want mm-hmm. what they signed up for like when when you buy something online you want to arrive in the mail what you're expecting to get right um it's like oh yeah i want this 10 by 10 poster of this anime character whatever that's gonna look really good blah blah, blah. and then you show it shows up and it's a five by five of a different character you're gonna be understandably miffed right but the people who expected the five by five of that character are going to be happy because they got what they wanted. Um, and that goes to the same for like the shows, right? If you go into Cowboy Bebop expecting a linear fantasy or space fantasy kind of story that uh, is about friendship and victory and stuff like that, you're going to be relatively disappointed because none of that is in Cowboy Bebop. But if you go into Cowboy Bebop expecting to have an experience and learn things about characters who are likely not like you, um, dealing with complicated situations that are generally pretty interesting if you really think about them, then you're going to have a fantastic time. If you go into the end of Evangelion expecting not it to be a fucking trip, like you're going to be like, I don't, I don't know if I like that. But if you go oh, in there man. expecting that experience, you're going to be like, that's exactly what I asked for. Yes, thank you. How would you have that idea going into the like? So, you know, you watch the last two episodes of the Evangelion series and then you're going to go into the end of Evangelion and not expect it to be a trip. Did, yeah. did you not watch episode 25? Well, when it was that... airing, you have to think about like the audience when it was airing. So this is something yeah, I found yeah, I out the that. other day. This is something I found out the other day. I was watching a YouTube video. Somebody is like a right. huge Fully Cooly fan that is like right. done all the research even so far as to go back to the original 90s Japanese message boards that still exist Mm -hmm. to see what people were saying when that shit came out, right, in Japan. Mm -hmm. Like, that's how deep into it they are. And 
it was very interesting to find out that everybody hated it. <laughs> like nobody Wait, liked Fooly Cooly when it came out. Yeah, it was very unpopular. Uh, that's basically why it was buried, and there was like no, there are no figures for it. There's no merch for it or anything like that. And it's only the West who was like who keeps revitalizing it because Toonami got the rights. Everybody loved it in America because it was wacky and weird and had American sensibilities. Um, and then Toonami kept like brokering deals and stuff like that. So they were getting enough money from Toonami to continue to do things like uh, produce, you know, merchandise and stuff like that um, for some of the Japanese fans who want it, but mainly the American fans who wanted it. So it's like fully wow. would have died forever ago if it weren't for America, because the Japanese fucking hated it. It's just not popular there. And it's more of like a cult hit, shows... if anything. Yeah. And now you get shows that are made for, uh, other markets besides the Japanese one uh, to bring uh, to bring it back to America. Another show that I remember that got super big. Uh, so Yu-Gi-Oh is another show that they made exclusive content for because there's this um, season called Yu-Gi-Oh Capsule Monsters and Capsule Monsters is just this like spinoff season that happened in between. So uh, the same studio that made it, it, it never aired in Japan. But on the studio's website, they titled it Yu-Gi-Oh! Alex. They have the footage. They have everything. It, and it is technically a season of Yu-Gi-Oh! It's just they, it never got a, a JP airing. So they'll still use it. Uh, another show that only continued because it got super huge here was Ultimate Muscle, which is, I think is like, what, mm, Kino Kunia Man or something yes. like that? I don't remember. Like Ultimate Muscle only continued because it was getting super big over here. So they, you know, they sent some money and got us more episodes. Another season, uh, another show would be, uh, the big O, yeah. which, uh, and, uh, the uh, latest to one to that that happened with was, uh, little witch academia. Yeah. Cause they did the anime Rai project. That. They were the most yeah. unpopular entry in Japan. But they saw how big of a response that it got over in the U.S. So they threw up a Kickstarter to kickstart the second movie, quote unquote, which is a 45 minute special. Yeah. And then from that, used it to prove to a production company that there was a market for this kind of anime. Uh, both examples of the first and second one. And yeah. so they got a full 12 episode series. Unfortunately, a lot changed between the movies and the series that I didn't like, and it was kind of boring and whatever. Um, so that didn't do very well. And then Yo-Yo Shinari went back to not directing things because, you yeah, know, like, because nobody likes his ideas. He He's too much into Cartoon Network in the early 2000s. It's a shame, too, because that aesthetic that he's bringing uh, is better, you know, because obviously now we're stuck in the Cal Arts stuff for Cartoon Network stuff, but getting the ideas from that really i liked how the series was i don't like how the characters were and you know how they kind of changed them up a bit i can get i can understand if they uh man i have to rewatch the series again man because i really want to solidify what i liked and didn't like about the series i just remember feeling eh about it about which series but at the same uh, the Little Witch Academia series. Oh, yeah, it's all, yeah, yeah. It was all on Netflix, I think. It was, yeah. Point. The like, two the movies, thing. and then I think eventually when the full season uh, aired, it also got put on Netflix. Yeah, so I just rewatched it all in one go. And dubbed. I believe they had it dubbed. So mm -hmm. I went through the whole thing in English, because I actually really like the dub and the subs. The characters, they both really nail the characters. It's not this jarring thing where, 
you know, it doesn't sound like the EN really got the uh, like understood what the, the the voices for, but they they nailed the the voices for both. But uh, another one I could point out just to bring it back to Tokusatsu, Power Rangers also got some original footage episodes for Zoo Ranger because it was exploding over here. So we got an extra 10 episodes of Zoo Ranger called like Zoo 2, I think it is in JP. So you get like extra footage for Power Rangers that's exclusively for them. And it's cool. Like they even told him like, hey, these characters are closer. So if you could um, like, uh, oh, the Pink Ranger and White Ranger are in a relationship, uh, Green Ranger and White Ranger are in a relationship. So if you can have them with footage together and stuff, that'd be great. So, yeah, no, the moment you open up your market, uh, you, you, it's crazy to think, you know, like, oh, you know, this market is super popular for this series. So we're going to they're asking us for more. Uh, I remember on a I don't remember what podcast it was, but Sam from J Novel Club had said, OK, so uh, there's this light novel that they have called uh, Master of Ragnarok, Blesser of the Anhyar or something like that. It, it's a isekai novel where like the main character has his phone and shit and he's in like Nordic mythology and shit. So it's another like generic harem thing. Not my type of thing. Because, you know, same cheat, whatever. And the worst part about it is he's having, like, the girl that he's having his childhood friend that likes him wait for him until he gets back. So now she can't move on with her life until he gets back. And he doesn't know how long he's going to be there in that world. So that kind of rubbed me the wrong way. Because here he is, you know, macking it up with, you know, all these other girls. And he's like, oh, but I like that other girl over there in the other world. I hate that I, so I, much in a lot of anime. So uh, this is, like, a common thing with, like, the Death Note guys, right? Obata and Obata. Right. Or Oba and Obata. Um, is their trophy wife mentality. They're very conservative and have very specific ideals on how women should act. <laughs> Which I don't agree with. <laughs> but the, their idea is that a woman should be seen and not heard and should... Uh, unabashedly support their counterpart in every way possible, which is why all of their harems or their, their, uh, their heroines are like that. So Misa, Misa, Amane arguably isn't like this. Um, uh, she, she's actually... like this, but she is like, like she's obsessed with light Yagami, but she has a little more autonomy because she has to be a useful character for him. Like that. Yeah. The only time she's useful is when it's in his best interest. Right. Uh, and then you go on to the stuff that they did after Death Note, which would be Bakuman. You have Azuki Miho, who entire the entire thing is set up with we can't see each other, we can't talk to each other. Uh, you have to pursue your dream, and then I will be at the end of the road waiting for you. Like, that's ironically, <laughs> for what you said, she's a voice actress in that too. So it's even more ironic that you say it like Who that still too. Like, needs you're, him you're supposed to be to seen, not heard, and then she's actually a voice actress too. That's the best part. I know. Oh my gosh! But like, <laughs> so she starts getting into like the oh the stuff God. in the voice acting industry where you start after like doing things that are kind of unethical. Uh, for your producers and stuff like that to get roles. And he, she needs him to show up and physically remove her from the situation before she has any sort of like, before she's okay, agency. so to speak. Yeah. She doesn't have agency after that regardless, but she needs him to do that. Um, you know, cause she's, she's the trophy wife. She doesn't have any agency of her own. Right. So There's that's a, a huge scene. problem. Oh my god, there's a fucking scene when he's, I mean, he's not dying, but he's obviously sick in the hospital. I don't remember if it's a liver thing or, um... It was, uh, 
he was malnourished because he was staying uh-huh. up all of the time and not eating healthy, uh, working on the manga. Yeah. And then he collapses, and then they take him to the hospital, and he's still trying to draw. So he needs Takagi to bring him his drawing materials, and then he can't hold his pen very well. So she holds so it she as like a in. support thing. Yeah. You need to draw. You need to do this. You gotta get it for our dream. It's like, bitch, he's literally, he's collapsed from work. He's literally died. Yeah, it's like treated as like this noble thing or whatever. I'm like, this is the worst. Oh my God. Oh my God. Uh, Funny thing too, people use Bakuman. So it gets even more Uh egregious in the next series that they do, Platinum End. Guys, by the way, spoiler alert for stuff for Platinum End. I haven't seen Platinum End yet. I have, I only have the first volume, and oh boy. I didn't like it, so I didn't continue trip. it. It is a fucking trip. So they do have a tokusatsu arc, which is really fucking oh, cool. Really? Yeah, one of the guys who's oh, like one damn. of the candidates is like obsessed with like heroism and stuff like that. So they become uh-huh. the, his idea is to become like this superhero using his abilities, but he's kind of an asshole. Oh wow! But as a response or a counter to this. Um, the main characters also need to form their own superhero team to fight him. And so it's like a hero versus anti-hero situation going on to see who's right. And uh, lo and behold, it's the people who don't respect women who lose or whatever. It's a whole thing. That's that's funny. So there's like a a scene that they're having at some point uh, before negotiations with this guy, I think, um, where one of the characters comments on another character's sexuality i think like they have this whole Mm -hmm. conversation about like gay people and it's just like a whole minute of this person spewing out their their ideals about gay people and homosexuality and stuff like that and talking about how it's wrong and gross and then like everybody's like okay but we don't say that and like, and then they move on. I'm like, well, hold on a minute, back up. You can't that's just put of, that in there and then like brush like, it off. What? Like, what the fuck? That's some, <laughs> that's some SJW nonsense right there. It's right? ridiculous. Like, they're completely derailing the story. Well, oh they, my god, they, that's they idolize, or they they make fun of Trump a lot, but they they mimic his ideas. So there's like a character. That's funny. There's a whole character used to shit on Donald Trump in that manga. He's this, like, kid who exhibits this kind of, like, creepy kind of super ability, uh, like, above everybody else. So he's, like, the only person who's uh-huh. a child, and he's wearing a Donald Trump mask, and that's, like, his whole thing. And, the, like, he's that's built funny. up to be, like, this super, like, this really big threat, and then somebody uh-huh. actually, like, comes in and, like, challenges him, and then he starts crying and screaming and runs away. I was like, oh. That's and, th- and then he's removed from the series. You never see him again. <laughs> he could have done something with that That's, jesus i know like, but the whole point is just to like it's commentary on donald trump and it's terrible anyway so we're going back to the trophy wife thing um uh, and so the main character is this depressed guy with his crush on this girl who doesn't notice him in school or whatever and he gets abused at home and so he's going to commit suicide uh-huh. and he gets his powers or whatever because he's special um uh, and then come to find out that she also tried committing suicide and also now has these powers and they team up because his ideals are for justice. And even though she doesn't like him in the beginning, she comes to like him throughout the course of the series as being his lapdog, uh-huh. so to speak, the submissive side character that supports him in oh, his goals. Um, as she fulfills that role and he becomes quote unquote cooler, she starts to like him more. And it gets to a point uh, towards the end of the series where he has to be 
become God and has essentially gone through so much trauma that he's like completely apathetic now. He's like, well, I have to become God to prevent someone else from becoming God. And then when I'm God, I just won't do anything because getting involved only creates problems, right? It's like, okay, I get it. Anyway, so uh, he eventually, they have this like heart-to-heart conversation about he's about to go into like this final battle and potentially lose and die, right? And so she confesses to him, and he's like, oh, thanks. What? Because he's like gotten to this point where he's so removed and apathetic that he's just like, he can't feel love anymore. <laughs> like, so I was like, now that she's into him, he's tragically not into her because he spent this whole series like trying to fight to protect her and you know whatever. But I'm gonna bring it right back to something we said earlier. Everyone's opinions are gonna change on us the moment we do the tag thing. Oh my god! Oh, they're gonna be looking, they're gonna be listening to my voice, and they'll be like, I don't know, bro. It's like um when you're in a group. And then, you know, you're talking about, all right, bro, boobs, butts, or thighs. And then that one guy, and yes. that one guy in the corner. <laughs> we have the prison school yeah, discussion. And then in the background, there's that one guy that's feet. And then everyone turns to look at him. He's like, hey, man, don't judge. And then every, and then the other guy in the corner is like, armpits. And then everyone looks at that guy and is like, what? He's like, hey, man, don't judge. <laughs> so... I love those memes. Uh, there's one there's one uh, version of that meme where I saw where everyone's like, it's pitchforks instead, right? It's pitchforks and signs like they're at a protest. And it's like, boobs, butts, and thighs. Boobs, butts, and thighs. And then the one guy in the background's feet. And then they're all looking at him like, hey, don't judge me as he's hiding his sign. <laughs> oh, man. My one... Uh, I want, my one friend is a wacky artist, uh, W-A-K-I. So, yeah, I, I mentioned him before. Pedoru is a really cool guy. And... I respect his work. I do. And dude's really popular uh, now. Cause I see a lot of his meat, like, a lot of his artwork has been turned into memes now. So there's this one illustration that he mm-hmm. did where it's um, that one blonde girl from Genshin impact. Uh, I think she's the main character. And one girl had, you know, her armpit up and you know, it's the joke is like, Oh, she's trying to get a lick of it. And that illustration, that little chibi, like her trying to like with her tongue out as like spread through like the armpit community so now there's variations of that now with other characters and i'm talking to him like wait is that from you because he's like obviously showing it in his uh, discord because i met him through uh funny enough i met him through another artist so i'm like oh this guy seems pretty cool i like his artwork and mind you he wasn't drawing uh wacky at the time he was drawing a different character so i didn't know that was his main like thing so i discover like, his main appeal and like why a lot of people follow him yeah, no, it's really cool to see. It's like, dude, this dude is spreading, like, fucking, like, the T-virus. Yeah, it's like, one little meme shows up, and then, boom, everyone's using it now. It's hilarious. I love it. Oh, man. And uh, now he's in a game now, too. They, um, a, uh, an RPG Maker H game. So uh, he got his artwork into that. I need to buy it, too. I wanted to support my boy. So it's going to be cool because uh, 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 admittedly his artwork is probably the best out of all the artists that they got. Mm-hmm. So you know, I'm not being too biased, but his looks objectively more professional and uh, experienced. So 
<laughs> somebody uh all right i'm gonna spoil it right now one of my tags ox girls or uh camo no mini mimi or uh, animal eared whatever that translates to oh yeah yeah so boom i'm gonna spoil it oni and uh kimono mini or fox gear what the, the animal ear yeah yeah, yeah. Like, that, that's gonna be two of my tags that i kind of spoil right now because i'm a sucker for that i literally only read uh shield hero because of raftalia Mind you, I read it because, you know, Samurai Tanuki Girl is what I saw first, not here's a kid, you know, when I when you first meet her. I do think it's weird that his whole harem is all lollies. Like, that's wild. Yeah. And funny thing, too, he gets disappointed. Like, he gets disappointed uh, during the series when she turns back into a lolly when her level gets reset. And then she turns, you know, she goes to a teenager, adult, and yada, yada, because I guess they age with levels in that series. So when she gets her levels back... Just demi-humans. Yeah. It's weird. So, you know, like, it's like, oh, damn, I missed out on you being a lolly again. And mind you, it's because, like, oh, you know, he feels like... Because uh, he sees her more as a daughter or something. So it's like, oh, I'm missing out on you growing up and whatever again. And everyone's like, oh, yeah, no, he's just sad because he can't have the lolly version again. Because it's, um, it's the blind chick that he ends up absorbing into a shield. It's the uh, Philo. It's uh, Melty, I think, and uh, Raftalia. That ends up, you know, being part of the harem, and then however many other girls end up joining later, because he becomes king at the end of the series. So it, it, it's wacky, <sighs> man. Uh, this has gone on a long time, and I am oh boy, I'm already looking up on uh, Faku to see uh, what tags I technically fall under. But then I realize, oh wait, Faku doesn't have certain tags, so I'm gonna have to go on another website to see. All right, well, what's uh, let's see what I can do. Let's uh, uh you can do. Dude, Kitsu will tell you if you if you look him up okay. on Kitsu. So I'm gonna have to. Uh, uh, if you could put the link in the ch uh, in our notes, I'll probably look it up there, and then I have to uh, uh, do that, and then I will have to go on a different website to get actual safe work ones. <laughs> one thing that I no, this one has not safe work because this okay. has both. One thing that I do want to point out, just to bring it way back again for, after we get on to the tangent, uh, for the whole Miho thing and the the their pair stuff and the whole women thing. There are H game stuff that I've played, uh, like Arogues that I've played, where the female characters have more agency than these women, and the entire point of them in those games is to be looted. I just want to point out, porn has more agency for some of their female characters than these series. I'm not knocking the series. I'm just saying some of the female cast is kind of weak because, you know, kind of boring. Miho doesn't really do anything as a whole. Misa Misa is only useful because... It doesn't. Misa Misa, oh you can't admittedly... Yeah. I think I don't even... Uh, I can't say that because uh, she was in... Misa Misa has a job. She has a brand. Yeah. But none of that matters to the story because she's only in it when she needs to be yeah. useful to life. <laughs> like, it's completely I like Bakuman. I like Death Note. It, they're not perfect series, duh. They are flawed, but I can still recommend them as stuff. I don't recommend using Bakuman as like the end all be all for you know manga stuff. Like a lot, like I've said it again, I'll say it many times. Bakuman is not you know the 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 end all be all. It's not. Oh well, Bakuman said this happened in the manga industry, so it must be true. Bakuman this, Bakuman that. Like whenever someone says something or says they're doing X, Y, and Z because they're a publishing company and say, well, look at Bakuman, they did it. And like, yeah, well, Bakuman's a fictional comic about a fictional magazine taking parts of what's going on in Jump, but they're not doing 100% things. Like, the in Bakuman, they said, oh, uh, the popularity is what determines where you are in the magazine, which is untrue. 
it's the editor that decides it. So there are unpopular series that are in the front of the magazine, whereas some popular stuff are in the back because it's like, oh, well, you know, you got to get to the, you know, you have to read more to get to the good stuff, you know, type thinking. Or, you know, sometimes they just have the most popular things in the front and then, you know, the least popular things in the back. So it, it's not end all be all. It's not, this is all the rules. This is the standard. If you want standard practices, don't point to, Here's a manga about it. Talk to editors. Look at interviews that they've said. You know, because a lot of this information, it's not, you know, under NDA. A lot of you know, top-tier editors that are retired or... Yeah, it's all interviews. You know, like, they, they'll, reveal, they'll reveal information that's like, you know, that it's okay to be public. It's like, yeah, no, we do this at the company. We do this and we do that, you know? So it's weird. Or, you know, let's say, um, oh, well, uh, Bakuman... Uh, uh, like, uh, or uh, Bakuman has them drawing their comic week to week without a buffer. And like, yeah, well, that's shown in Jump. Just because you know you're trying to imitate manga doesn't mean you don't have a buffer when you're publishing stuff. Even you know, Bakuman has a three chapter buffer because you know they had turned their one shot into three chapters. So while they're working on chapter three, you know, chapter one is being published. So they're still two weeks ahead. So there's still a buffer. They're not working on it week to week. So you know publishing a comic without a buffer or at least you know extra issues on the side just in case something happens is freaking ludicrous to me <laughs> you're trying to copy something that you inherently just misunderstand or you know blatantly ignoring it's uh <laughs> i like the series i really do uh i look forward to the tag things because i'm gonna be like uh, i feel like i'm gonna be uh, they're gonna change their fucking opinions on us it's gonna be great oh man any closing words hero <laughs> No, uh, prepare to eat your shit when we discuss the uh, context of our. I just want to point years. out that is not a tag. None of us are having that on our list. I just want to point that out to be very far. No, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> very innocent. That is not one of the things that are on any of our lists. I will confirm that right now. It's a turn of phrase. Don't yes, take me literally. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we are purposefully exclude. I can purposefully exclude like two tags right now. You guys already know which tags are excluded by how I'm reacting. Boom. <laughs> you all have a nice weekend. We'll see you next time. Oh, my God. <laughs> hey, Hero, I get the honor of talking to you every Sunday. But what if there's a topic or a question I want answered but don't want to wait forever to get it answered? <laughs> well, Gina, and I'm glad you asked. <laughs> don't do drugs. Radical. Listen, kids. Email us at uncoveredcanvaspodcast at gmail.com. I'm sorry, what was that? That's uncoveredcanvaspodcast at gmail.com. Did you say uncoveredcanvaspodcast at gmail.com? You need to listen, dude. No, I said uncoveredcanvaspodcast at gmail.com. Wow! wow.